my boy, I had a, uh, I had a different, uh, opening block, open discussion, uh, conversation, my boy. I had, I had something totally different than what we about to discuss, uh, right now. So, you know, just a little backdrop for our listeners out there. Um, me and Black was preparing for the show and, um, you know, I was letting them know, hey, bro, you know, I got a little opening, you know, breaking the ice type topic. And then he said, hey, my boy, you know, I don't know if you want to get into uh, Hall of George uh, talking about uh, there was a top player, the top power forward in the game willing to come to Indiana. And, 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 and you know, the Pacers didn't want to do that. So that's why he wanted out. And it pissed me off. You know what I'm saying? It pissed me off, man. So let's talk about it real quick. So Paul George was on the Knuckleheads podcast, one of my favorite podcasts. Y'all should check it out. Check it out, basketball fans, with Quentin Richardson and Darius Smiles. Um, and Paul George is on there, and they were just talking to Paul, and 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 they asked him, you know, the Indiana situation, the whole trade fiasco. You know, he was wanting out. You know, Paul George could have been a Laker. He could have been a Cavalier. You know, there was all kind of rumors out there. Then Paul George dropped a little nugget that we never heard before. We never heard before until he got on the podcast. And I'm going to get into why this is making me upset. Paul George revealed that the top power forward in the NBA back in 2016 wanted to be traded to the Indiana Pacers. And the Pacers said, oh, no, Paul, we're a small market team. You know, we're not going to be able to pull that off. And Paul was like, you know, we had some assets there. You know, we could have gave it a shake. So I had the list in front of me, Black. I'm going to name the top power fours back in 2016, 2017. And you tell me which one of these guys you think Paul George is talking to. Because I think it's pretty obvious who he's talking about. So at number one, they got Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is on his list. Number two, they had Draymond Green. Honestly, we know we're not talking about Draymond. Number three, they had Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin had just got a brand new shiny uh, contract with the Los Angeles Clippers. And to round up this list was Paul Millsap. I don't think we consider Paul Millsap at any point in time the best power forward in the NBA. So, Black, who do you think Paul George was talking about? I get one pick? Sure. Uh... I'm gonna have to go. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go. Blake Griffin, man. You think he was talking about Blake Griffin? Yeah. Now are you being honest, Black. Uh, are you being honest when he I says? I just don't see Anthony Davis going to Indiana, bro. Like no, 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 no. Paul said the best power forward in basketball at that time. Yes, Anthony Davis. Okay, so <laughs> this is why I'm upset with Paul. So now he's long gone. Paul was traded to the OKC Thunder. He was out there with Melo, out there with Westbrook. We all saw how the Thunder went out in the first round with Dame Lillard waving them bye-bye. You know, with a game winning deep three over Paul George and sending them to the house. And then the following year, in the middle of the night, like thieves, like robbers, Paul George and his agent said, hey, we want to be traded to the Clippers. And the reason he wanted to be traded to the Clippers, because he says, I just wanted to be home. I just wanted to be close home. No. That's not why you want to be traded to the Clippers. Because Kawhi Leonard 
chose the Clippers. And that's why you wanted to be traded there. So let's go all the way back to Indiana. Now, Paul, all of the media clips that we heard, you wanted to be traded. You wanted out. You wanted to go to L.A. You was even trying to even get to Cleveland. There was a deal in the works with the Cavaliers trading basically everybody except Kyrie to bring you in to join LeBron, Kyrie Irving, and yourself in Cleveland. That just didn't go down. But I refuse to believe that Anthony Davis, who's already in New Orleans, already in New Orleans, has no chance of winning there, picked up the phone and said, hey, Paul, me and you can team up together and win the championship in Indiana. No. You cannot team up with Paul George, Anthony Davis, Paul George, and win the championship in Indiana. Stop it. Stop trying to make it seem like you're LeBron James, like you're Kawhi Leonard. You're a very good player, Paul George. You're a second-tier player. You're kind of a la Scottie Pip. Yeah, that's right. You're a second-tier player on the team. You can't be the guy because when you were the guy, what happened? Black, can you tell the people what happened when Paul George was supposed to be the guy in Indiana? Got sent home. <laughs> and Black, could you tell us who sent Paul George home three straight years? Uh, in the words of my godson, Le- LeBron James. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Paul... We know you're trying to toot your horn, and you're a very good player, one of the best two-way players in the game. You can score and you can defend. But, hey, there's levels to this, as Meek Mill said. (laughs) Okay? So you're not LeBron. You're not, you know, KD. You're not Kawhi. You're not Anthony Davis. You're right below, you know, those gentlemen. And I just didn't see anybody, no superstar, saying, hey, how about I pack up my family and move to Indiana to yeah. team up with PG? Uh. Think about the fight. What you? I beat him. Everybody out there know I beat him. Everybody out there know I beat him. I controlled the fight. He was missing. I hit him clean more times. I beat him. You averaged eight punches. Less than eight punches was the most punches that you had in the round, and it seemed as though you couldn't get it close like, enough. It already sounded like you was against me, so I already ain't, I already, I already ain't got a fair shake talking to you, but let me talk something. Let me let y'all know. I want to thank the whole hood who came out here. I love y'all. I did this for the hood. Y'all know I beat that boy. Y'all know I beat that boy. They trying to, what they trying to do is they trying to get that money again with Pacquiao and um, Floyd, but it's cool. I ain't worrying about it. I'm still that nigga, man. I'm on top Cincinnati. Stand up. West side. Two, five. You're three, three, and one in your last seven fights. What will you do next? Hey, I'm three, three, and one in my last seven, but I'll be seven, no against you. Well, that wouldn't mean much. That's the end of this interview. His very first move as the executive was to sign Lamar Odom, who was on crack. New Sports Desk. You're listening to the Sports Show. He lied. He lied. Hey, bro, you listening to the Sports Desk. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of the Reduced Lunch Action Sports News Desk, episode 65. 
I'm your man's one more time, Dedra L. Hicks Jr., one of your favorite sportsologists. And this your man, Black. We back in the building for another episode, one of your favorite sportsologists in the building. Sorry about that, Black. I got a little giddy on the uh, soundboard. Oh, okay. But a whole lot to talk about. Whole lot to talk about. Last night we got some really refreshing, exhilarating, uh, uh, great news out of the National Football League, which kind of jumbled up uh, what me and Black uh, were going to do. But we're glad to talk about it, man. So we're going to discuss Cam Ron Nuon uh, <laughs> being added to the New England's Patriots team. Okay, we're going to talk about that today. Got a whole bunch of NBA, a whole bunch of NBA. They uh, released the schedule, the eight-game schedule with all 22 teams who they're going to play, um, the times, the networks, everything that's going on in the bubble, we're going to talk about it. Uh, we got players opting out. Uh, and man, we're going to get into the list. Uh, there was a list that was put out of the top 10 players with the most pressure, most pressure on them uh, when the restart began. So we're going to have a little fun there. And then we're going to pay our respects. We're going to pay our respects to the great, electrifying, game-changing athlete, which is Vince Carter. Okay, Vince Carter caught up the career. Um, of course, the Atlanta Hawks were not invited to the bubble. And uh, I believe Vince is 22 years, I believe. Mm-hmm. 22 years for Vince Carter. And he is officially done playing in the NBA. So we're going to talk a little Vince sanity uh, today. And also, uh, my man's black might get a little choked up when we get to the segment. Um, but we're going to talk a little WWE, and in particular, we are going to also show some respect and talk the career of the now-retired Undertaker. Um, 30 years in the business, we're going to just do our best to tip our caps uh, to the dead man um, on this episode. So, of course, we're going to do all of our, all of your all of your favorite topics. That's right, your favorite topics coming up right now. But before we get started, Black, my mans, how you doing out here? Man, doing good, man. Doing good. So happy to be back here at the Sports Desk, man, doing what we love to do. Yes, yes, yes. This is a great time, and um, let's have a lot of fun today. And let's go ahead and get it kicked off with our start, bench, or cut. Hey, this reduced lunch sports, man. Come on, now. New sports desk. <laughs> Do you smell what the rock is cooking? All right, all right, all right. So let's get back to it, man. Let's do our start, bench, or cut. Now, this week, man, I was I was chilling a little bit. Um, I think it was last night it was last night when i got to the crib and one of my one of my fave sports movies was on man so i was a little entertained watching it so i said hmm on a friday or a saturday night we're just chilling at the crib and, and it's three options on the tv screen which one of these sports movies are going to start and if you're up if you're if you're not old as me and black are you could probably watch <laughs> the second one which movie you're going to watch after that and which movie you're going to say nah i'll watch this some other time. So you ready, Black? Yeah. All right, man. So this week's start, Bench of Cut, we're doing sports movies. All right. So Black, number one great film starring none other than Denzel Washington and Ray Allen, a.k.a. Jesus Shuttlesworth. We got He Got Game. And number two, me and Black was talking about this film the other day because we we're anticipating the Mike Tyson film. But this movie was on TV and I watched it. Ali, 
with Will Smith. And Black, I owe you an apology. That movie is, our, I didn't diss the movie, so I don't need nobody hit me up saying, do you wildin'? But I did tell Black, ah, you know, it was cool. But that was a great movie. I had to be reminded. I hadn't seen it in a while, so I had to be reminded. So the second film is Ali Black. And last but not least, man, <laughs> Space Jam. I mean, I feel like it's appropriate, man. Bugs Bunny and Michael Jordan, Space Jam. So Black, what movie are you starting? What movie are you benching? And what movie are you saying? Mm, maybe some other time. Oh. Mm. I, I got to start Ali. Okay. Because that's one of my favorite movies. Okay. Any favorite sports movies of all time. I have to. I have to bench. Space Jam mm, just mm, for the culture, mm, and I have to cut. He got game. Whoa, Nelly. Okay, so let me get mine off real fast. I am going to start Space Jam. Yes, I am going to start Space Jam. I mean, my God, I could just go on for days about that movie. <laughs> I'm going to bench. He got game. I'm going to bench. He got game because. That was the first sports movie that really changed my life. And let yeah. me know what's really going out here in these oh, yeah. streets, my boy. <laughs> um, and I'm, th- and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you know, I'm going to send home Ali uh, maybe for another time. Even though I just gave it all the praise, I'm going to send Ali home. So y'all let us know. Are these three films, he got game, Ali, and Space Jam. What you start and what you benching. What are you cutting? All right, man. So we're going to transition into our sound of the week. And here at the sports, there's me and Black have an obligation and a responsibility that, for, for a matter of fact, we're never going to relinquish. All right. And I just want to tip my cap. I just want to salute of this powerful sound that I got from Coach K, uh, the Duke men's head basketball coach. We see a lot of statements out here from coaches and, and, and all over the country, college and pro. But this was the first visual sighting that I seen of a of a of a collegiate coach. Any coach. No, just of a of a man of the distinct of Coach K, who is white, given a passionate, and then if I may have missed something, but this is the first one that I seen. Mm -hmm. A passionate, real, not he didn't read off a script. He didn't read off a teleprompter. This was all from this man's heart. And it got me a little emotional watching it because I believe Coach K. And I, and I know that he's going to do everything in his power to spread the message up there in Cameron. So I just want to play you this clip from men's, bas- men's basketball Duke head coach, King K. Lives matter. Say it. Can't you say it? Black lives matter. We should be saying it every day. It's not political. This is not a political statement. It's a human rights statement. It's a fairness statement. Over the last couple months, I have had an opportunity to see more, to listen more, to think more, and to understand at a deeper level. So have you. Yeah, so have you. And do we not see the problem, the disease, the plague that has been with our country for four centuries? Do we not see systemic racism 
and social injustice? Come on. We all see that. It's manifested in so many ways. Criminal justice, the killings that we have seen and we haven't seen, and the denial of economic opportunities for our black community, educational opportunities, health care. It's manifested in so many ways and has been there for four centuries. Now, we see that. And what we do when we see it, we talk, all right, we, but we turn the other way. We don't solve the problem. The problem will not be solved, and no problem is solved unless you acknowledge the problem. Acknowledge it. If you acknowledge it, you have the duty to solve it. We as a country have the duty to solve this problem. When I was a cadet at West Point, and the prayer is still there, there's a cadet prayer. In the cadet prayer, one of the segments of the, of the prayer says, Lord, help me choose the harder right. Help me choose the harder right instead of the easier wrong. We as a country have chosen the easier wrong for four centuries. It is time to choose the harder right. It is time to end systemic racism and social injustice. It's time. Black lives matter. Shout out to Coach King man, K. Man. Shout out Coach Man. I saw this the other day, man. I was moved by it. You know, like I said, this was the first response from, from someone who we need. We need him to speak out. We need Coach K and others that are like him who, who have achieved the things that he's achieved and the impact that he's had out here in just the world in the game of basketball. He is bar, by far the probably most recognizable coach right now in basketball, pro or college. He's the most recognizable active coach, man. And we, we need more of that. And I just want to tip my head and shout out Coach K again, man. Like, for real. Yeah, man. Yes, sir. All right, man. So we're going to transition into our top five. And I know you usually get a funny sound of the week. But, hey, some things are just more important than a laugh. So hopefully everybody got something out of that. But let's go ahead and get into our top five. <laughs> All right, all right, man. So let's get into our top five. So me and Black are, you know, having to scratch and scratch our heads and come up with new stuff. But uh, we haven't done this one before, man. We think this is a pretty good one, man. Uh, we're going to do our top five defenders out of the National Basketball Association. Top five defenders, all right? So Black, shoot me a five. What you got? All right, man. Number five, I have Paul George. Mm. At number four, I have Gary Payton. Mm. At number three, I think you'll really like this one, my boy. I got Kobe Bean Bryant. Absolutely. At number three, 
At number two, I have Dennis Rodman. Okay. And at number one, I have Kawhi Leonard. All time is Kawhi Leonard for you. Yeah. All time. You know what? <laughs> Me and you going to talk after the show. <laughs> We're going to talk. I ain't going to do it here, but we I got a couple of questions. All right, so let me go ahead and... and matter of fact, man. I ain't expect my boy to go there. All right, but anyway, let me give my top five. At number five, Tony Allen. I got Tony Allen. He is one of the fiercest perimeter defenders I ever laid eyes on. And the great late Cobra Bryant said he was the toughest defender he ever went against, man. So that's Tony Allen. At number four, the glove. I had no problems. With no the gloves. No problems with Gary the gloves. Gary Payton. <laughs> at number four. Uh, at number three, I hate this dude. I hated him, and I enjoyed every time my man's Kobe got the upper hand on him, Bruce Bowen Ugh. from the San Antonio Spurs. You talking about a pest? He was a pest defender, but I have to tip my hat to him. He's one of the best I've ever seen on that perimeter. And at number four, Dikembe Mutombo. Was he most famous for? No, no, no. Wagging that finger in front of your face, except when Jordan dunked on him that one time and shot him the finger. And at number one, I got Dennis Rodman. I mean, just ferocious. Just ferocious, man. Like, just relentless and just got got into you physically and he got into you mentally as well. And I just never seen a more energetic defender uh, than Dennis Rodman. So those are our top five uh, defenders of all time. I'm going to get with Black on his list. Going to have a little talk about that. But y'all hit us up. Y'all talk to us. Let us know what five defenders um, you got on your list. All right. So let's transition over until our tweet. Or should I say tweets of the week. Now, Black, the NBA restart schedule was released uh, this past Friday night. And, And... Twitter was in an uproar, you know, and I know if I can go get some raw, funny tweets, I know I can go to my man's Kendrick Perk Perkins. All right, so let's go to Kendrick Perkins, man, see what Perk talking about. I'm going to read a few here uh, from my man's Kendrick Perkins. All right, at number one, uh, let's see. He said, uh, okay, he said, I love Pat Bell. You know I love you, brother, and what he brings to the game. But, man, you've been talking a whole lot of trash during this pandemic. You better be bringing the heat. That was Kendrick Perkins and Pat Bell. Hey, at the Pelicans, they have the best chance of getting the A seed in the West. They have one of the easiest schedules. They are young, and they are very talented with a lot of weapons. I'm picking the Pelicans to be the A seed to face the Lakers in the first round of the Western Conference playoffs. Last but not least, if the Bucks have any chance of going to this year's NBA Finals, it is going to have to be on Chris Middleton and Eric Bledsoe. They're going to have to apply pressure and bring that heat. Giannis can't do it by himself. That's why they are getting paid the big bucks. All right. So that's our man, Kendrick Perkins, man, talking that talk about the NBA. Uh, shout out to Weezy, man. Uh, beautiful performance. You know, shout out to Kobe last night at the BET Awards. You can get this uh, on that if and all the other areas that you can get mixtape. Shout out Weezy. All right, man. So before we traditionally go into our first, um, our first topic of the day, but Black, we have uh, Freddie Bricks. Got a chance to speak with Fred. I know some of y'all have been wondering where Fred has been at. Don't worry, Fred will be back soon. But Fred has dropped off an update 
that he has on everything that's going on in the sports world, my boy. Mm. Now, I haven't heard this clip. Okay. No one's heard this. So, listen, if I know what we're about to hear, listen, if you got your kids around, tell them to run into the other room <laughs> or put on some headphones or, or turn down the volume in your car just a tad bit because I'm sure my man's Freddie Briggs is about to let it ride. So, here's an update on everything that Fred is feeling in the sports world. Shout out, Fred. What's going on, sports team? This is your man, Freddie Bricks. Uh, I'm going to do a little wrap-up right quick. I'm going to try to keep this short. First, I want to say the NFL, especially the AFC, is in a great position with the signing of Cam Newton. Uh, going to the Patriots is going to be thick. I mean, I picked, I think this is going to be Lamar Jackson's year because I just see Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes splitting these Super Bowls for the next 10 years. You know, but with Cam <laughs> going to the Patriots, I mean, you, we already know anything can happen. I mean, Bill Belichick has never had a quarterback that can move side to side. So it's nuts what we're about to see with the Patriots, in my opinion. Um, I, I think the NFC, I mean, it's, it's kind of irrelevant, to be honest. I think the Seahawks uh, will be a great um, – team this year but I think as far as the, and then you know the Cowboys these the Cowboys I mean this year all time it's either now or never and that's Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott so to see all of the quarterback the top quarterbacks in the league be young black men uh, it's amazing you know what I'm saying now I want to give my take on the National Basketball Association first I want to bring up Kyrie Irving and how this dumbass motherfucker came out the other day and was like we need to not play basketball is not the sport that needs to shut down not basketball. It needs to, like, the football players need to come together and be like, hey, maybe we should protest this and that. Basketball is with the protest. Basketball is going to wear these people's names, all of the victims, you know, Black Lives Matter. They're going to wear these on the jersey where everybody is seeing it. This championship is going to be forever remembered, like, as, you know, the social justice or whatever um, kind of championship. Like, pictures and shit going to be taking 10, you know, 20, 30, 40 years from now with LeBron James with hopefully Breonna Taylor's name on the back of his thing. And we can mark that in history saying, damn, like, I remember that. You know what I'm saying? We was changing that year. You know what I mean? So I think the NBA is a perfect. And I've seen Fred Van Fleet um, say they oh we all need to take a stand or something man shut the fuck up nigga you understand me you shit out nigga see that's why that's my thing I don't respect about some of these NBA players and that's why I respect Colin Kaepernick Colin Kaepernick ain't tell nobody to kneel with him cause he knew what the consequences was gonna be he ain't tell nobody to speak up with him he said if y'all wanna kneel cool but this is my mission this is what I'm doing then you got Kyrie Irving who we ain't heard a word I'm just finding out Kyrie Irving is fully black I thought he was a Italian with just a tan you know what I'm saying? I had no idea he felt this way about social justice. And out of nowhere, how Kyrie Irving is Malcolm X and wants to be radical and start a new league and, and this, that, and the third. Yo, suck my dick. If anybody who believes that, you can also pull up a chair and suck my dick as well. Like, we're not going for that. You know what I'm saying? We're not going for that, period. You tell them you tell them NFL players, you know what I'm saying, to get on their job. Look at the sport of NASCAR. NASCAR's done a great job. A great, and they got the racist fan base in the world. And they've done a great job at trying to turn this thing around. You know, so they reported the news thing. And it's just we are we need this coverage. Like Kyrie Irving, you said, what are you saying now? Has, has anybody heard from Kyrie since he said that? No, you haven't, because that's who he is. So all I want to say is to like the black community and us, stop listening to these fucking clowns. I don't give a fuck if a nigga can do a crossover and do a layup. Stop listening to these clowns. 
I'm going with it. I'm listening to LeBron. You want to know why I'm listening to LeBron? Because LeBron was speaking about a long time ago. You understand me? And shout out to uh, my man um, who we kill all the time for the Clippers. I can't even remember his name. And I did say his name because I can't Pat remember. Patrick Bell. Beverly. Shout out to Patrick Beverly. He said, nigga, we playing. This is business at the same time. You understand me? This is you taking money away from the black community when you stop the season. You understand me? Like, anyway, this is a, thank you, Sports Desk. I know this went a little long, but if you just so happen to play this whole thing, man, <laughs> fuck Kyrie Irving and uh, Black Lives Matter. You understand? Recipe Joy Floyd, Tiana Taylor. You know what I'm saying? This is the Sports Desk. Yes, sir. So I, I warned y'all. I warned y'all. That was my first time hearing that clip as well. But we appreciate our that fans. That was very Fred. well put together. Yeah, man. Yeah. By Mr. Freddie Briggs. Just raw. Yeah. Just, just raw. raw. Just yeah. raw and passionate, Yeah, man. that's what we expect here at the Sports Desk from Freddie yeah. Briggs. Yeah. That's why I sent out the warning. Yeah. I sent out the warning. <laughs> if you got your kids around, if you at work or something like that, bro, hey, though, put your headphones on or turn the volume slightly down because <laughs> you're going to get a real raw answer from the one, the only, our guy, Freddie Briggs. All right, man, so we're going to transition into the uh, National Football League. Okay, okay, all right. So that's two weeks in a row, man. Y'all get to hear your favorite theme song, man. That trap uh, from the NFL. All right, Black, let's get into it, man. It is time to discuss the breaking news that came across uh, last night, man. We have Cameron Anuon joining the New England Patriots in Black before we get going. On talking about Cam, let's set the tone. Darkness is... Oh, you think darkness is your ally? You merely adopted the dark. I was born in it. Molded by it. I didn't see the light until I was already a man. By then it was nothing to me but blinding. video that cam newton and his team put out yesterday and any of my batman fans and lovers out there like myself you can always appreciate a bane clip <laughs> uh that set the tone and it, uh got the juices flowing uh seeing that clip um so let's jump right into it man what you got black you got something yeah man um after i heard that clip man it was only right to go on uh stream Batman, the rise, the rise of Batman. And it was only right to go watch that in yeah. its entirety after yeah. I heard that. Yeah. Like you said, it gets the juices flowing. Absolutely. It definitely does. Absolutely, man. It's always good to hear that Bane clip. 
So let's talk about it, man. Yesterday, uh, Adam Schefter reported around 6 in the evening yesterday, uh, Eastern Standard Time, that Cam Newton has signed a one-year deal, uh, 2.5 based, and a whole bunch of centers that can get the 7.5 million dollars. Cam Newton signed to the New England Patriots. So, Black, let's just start here. What are your initial thoughts about Cam uh, going to New England? Um... I'm excited, man. Yeah. I'm excited. Uh, yeah. First, when we first had kind of predicted where he could land, I didn't know how to really feel about him being with the Pats because uh, Cam is such a, you know, I felt like the Pats may change him a little bit. But I'm sitting back looking at it and hearing that and thinking about what Freddie just said, like this is the first quarterback. Belichick is going to have that can run sideline to sideline. Mm-hmm. And if I know Bill Belichick is the the type of coach that he is, man, he's going to let this kid run wild. Yeah. He's going to let Cam Newton run wild. So I like him in New England. I actually do. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's going to be successful in uh, New England. Is it going to be some growing pains for Cam? Mm-hmm. I believe so going through this season. Mm-hmm. I expect him to end up winning that job and being your starting quarterback. Sure. Rather quickly. Yes. And um, I don't know, man. I'm I'm just eager to see what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I could say everything's open for New England now mm-hmm. with the signing of Cam Newton. Um, a little concerns about a little concern about his weapons and the help that he has, but mm-hmm. we've seen Cam Newton play with less in Carolina. Sure. So and do and do very well with less sure. in Carolina. So I'm excited to see the the genius of Bill Belichick and uh, Cam, the athletic Cam Cam Newton, fully healthy Cam Newton on the football field, man, and see how this thing works. Yeah. Um, I was uh, just happy to see that Cam Newton has finally signed with an NFL team. I was at the point I could care less who he signed with. Cam Newton is a starting quarterback in the National Football League. When healthy, Cam Newton is a top 10 quarterback in the National Football League. And I know he's been hurt and I know he's been injured, but I am glad that he is finally on a football team. And it just so happens he is aligned with the greatest football coach ever. Ever. Like this man truly runs the Patriots like a business. (laughs) That's why he has six Super Bowl championships. And I know what people are going to say, oh, Tom Brady. Yeah, 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 yeah. But who do you think Tom Brady learned the mindset from? Who do you think Tom Brady uh, uh, got all of the, the, the pedigree and the knowledge from to wrap his mind around things so he could go out there and be uh, the greatest quarterback of all time? He got it from Bill Belichick. And I'm excited to see the talent of Cam and his IQ that he has as well being combined with Bill Belichick. The one thing Bill Belichick could always rely on with Tom Brady was his mind. And mental, the mental aspect of the game is very, very important. But you know what else is very, very important, Black, uh, being an athlete? Athleticism. Yeah. <laughs> After quarterback position, we see it all over. We've seen it with Michael Vick. We've seen it back in the G with Randall Cunningham, Doug Flutie, uh, uh, Warren Moon. Uh, name them, name them. All the athletic quarterbacks were always problem, and we can start with the, the shining star right now with Lamar Jackson. We can go with the Deshaun Watson. They're here. We God rest his soul, Steve McNair. Like, we've seen it. Mm-hmm. We've seen what multi-talented athletic quarterbacks can do. And, oh, yeah, we've seen what Cam Newton 
can do. That MVP season is in the record books. 15-1, and one, historic season, got all the way to the Super Bowl, MVP of that year, offensive player of the year that year as well. So we know what a healthy Cam Newton can do. So, Black, let's put some respect on Cam Newton's name because I'm going to go on a little rant here. And, and I remember everything all you bums were saying about Cam Newton before he got signed. I remember everything I seen from Woody on ESPN talking <laughs> that smack to my Kyle Allen is a better quarterback today than Cam Newton. Oh, we got the clips. And now, Woody, you're going to get on ESPN and say, Oh, this is great. I'm so happy for Cam. What a steal. He's going to shine New England. Well, why you weren't saying that when you were saying Kyle Allen was better than him Woods? <laughs> but anyway, so I'm going to let you go ahead and uh, tip us off, Black. I had to kind of get that off. Take some time and remind these people, who is Cam Newton? Well, man, uh, if people don't know, and you should know, who Cam Newton is, man. Um, he's electrifying. He's, the, he's that guy in college, man, that you look to every Saturday for one year and wanted to be looking at that TV screen. They happened to put Ooh. together a beautiful package on uh, Instagram last night, and it just gave me chills. I looked at it about six times. <laughs> well, Cam Newton threw the winning touchdown. Well, one of the, the, the touchdowns that took the lead to win the national championship mm -hmm. in this amazing, amazing put-together quarterback run Against against uh against the LSU Tigers, mm -hmm. where he put his hand in the ground and shook like three people mm -hmm. and went on to run, run in the end zone. I think you, you might have seen that, D. Yeah, did. But just seeing that, how how amazing Cam was in college, it just gave us chills as fans mm -hmm. to see this man in college from from even when he played Clemson in his first game as an Auburn Tiger jumping into the end zone from the 20-yard line. I'm like, I'm like, what are we, what are we watching here? Yeah. Like, what are we watching? Like, yeah. this kid was, he may have not been the first, but he was the one that really made you just love the athletic quarterback. We always had Michael Vick, and we said Michael Vick was the first of his kind. One of the first of his kinds to do the things he was doing, but it seemed like Cam Newton just took it up a notch. You For know, sure. being big and being powerful. For sure. You know, six five, six six, whatever you want to call it, just being a, a, a freight chain train, a, a monster, sure. just being real shifty, can can give it to you, can go through you, or either get around you. It didn't matter. Mm -hmm. And then to take that and go into the NFL, his rookie year, win rookie. Offensive Rookie of the Year, throwing for 4,000 yards mm -hmm. in his first year in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And he also just reminded you, like, it doesn't matter what level I'm on. NFL uh, NFL or pro, man, I could do this and do it the way that I want to do and how I've been doing it. Mm -hmm. Now, injuries happen in the NFL. We know that. It's the NFL. Sure. Everyone gets hurt, hurt in the NFL. So, sure. for all you naysayers that say, oh, he can't stay healthy, he's not this, he's not that, y'all just need to shut the hell up, and y'all need to watch what's going to happen in New England. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm very excited to see this, you know, be put together and put on the field. Like you just so just said, D, mm -hmm. him with Bill Belichick, the greatest coach in the NFL. Ever. Ever. It's going to get a sideline to sideline quarterback for the first time ever in his career as a head coach mm -hmm. and you're telling me that you as fans don't have in the back of your mind this could potentially be something big mm -hmm. that we're that we're finna get ready to watch special 
Cam Newton is fully he had he has had a full year, more than a year mm-hmm. off to mm-hmm. get his body right and prepare for moments to come like this. Mm-hmm. So I'm expecting big things for Cam Newton. I know we're going to get into topics of what could happen with schedules and mm-hmm. everything. But I'm expecting some big things, and I got some few things I'm going to change around when we talk about the schedule. Mm-hmm. But Cam Newton, uh, Cam Newton is just what he is, what we see every single day, what we like to see. Mm-hmm. He's he's a force, electric fine. Mm-hmm. If you bet against Cam Newton, I wouldn't bet against him. Mm-hmm. Not in New England. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, don't mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited for Cam. I'm ecstatic. Like D said, I was wrong. It was me. I was one of the ones. Somebody just signed him. I wanted the Jaguars to sign him just for the hell of it. Oh. I didn't care. But what a landing spot for him in New England. He's going to get to see, he's going to get to walk in that building and see those six trophies every mm-hmm. single day. He's going to get, he's going to be able to be in a, be in a room with Bill Belichick every single day, mm-hmm. you know, learning from him, picking his mind. And then one of the top offensive coordinators in, in this league and uh, Josh McDaniels, he's going to get to learn from him. Maybe one of the best offensive coordinators he's, he's had in his career. Mm-hmm. He's going to get to learn from him as well. So I'm excited for Cam. Mm-hmm. Man, y'all already know what it is with Cam, man. So all y'all naysayers, whoever it may be, y'all know what Cam was and uh, what he was and what he is going to be moving forward. Like, mm-hmm. y'all put some respect on this man's name. His name is not Cameron. We don't call him Cam. Cameron Newton. Cameron for a reason. Newton. If y'all need to be reminded, go to YouTube, look at them clips, NFL and pro, and y'all, y'all stop being biased, man, and put some respect on this man's name. Cam... He's better than Kyle Allen. Cam Newton, that 70% is better than Kyle. So listen, who, who, who listen, listen, I said it because oh, I have sense. So are stop, you saying stop. Kyle Allen is better than Cam Newton? I'm going to throw my computer. If you, I will break what, everything in the studio. Don't, don't fix your lips. Don't fix your lips to say I'm going to say, I'm going to tell you right now. I will write an email to Jimmy Pataro and have I'm your contract you right now. torn up. I'm going to tell you, you right say, now. with this computer, I'm man. He's trying to say Kyle Allen No, here's what I'm going to tell you right Kyle now. Kyle Allen better Kyle, than I guarantee you, defenses are more scared of Kyle Allen passing from within the pocket than Cam Newton is right now. Get him now. out of here, bro. No. So that was Damian Woody. Damian Woody from ESPN, who just sat on national television last year and said that defenses are more scared of Kyle Allen than they are of Cameron a new on I'm sorry Damien Woody if you just so happen to hear this what's wrong with you are you out of your mind you sit up on national TV at 10 something in the morning on ESPN and with the mitigated goal to say that Kyle Allen is better than Cam, excuse me, defenses are scared of Kyle Allen than they would be of Cam Newton. Have you forgotten? This man is literally Megatron on the football field. <laughs> Optimus Prime, Bumblebee, whichever Transformer you want to name, that is Cameron Newton. This man is the most exceptional athlete at quarterback that thine eyes has ever seen. 
I've never seen an athlete like this man. Never. Not Michael Vick. Not Tim Tebow. Not, not, no, nobody. Not Russell Wilson. Not Deshaun Watson. Not Lamar Jackson. This man is six foot five, 250 something pounds, run fast, run you over, can throw the football, accurate quarterback, throw it downfield. I mean, just a massive man running around here like he's five years old on the football field. And by the way, a former MVP <laughs> went 15 and one that year, made it all the way to the Super Bowl. Cameron Newton has not been healthy for the past two seasons. And you know what? His body gave out on him last year. His foot was broken. His shoulder was separated. The man has been in the NFL for almost 10 seasons. And he only missed, before last year, three games. At the brutal hits that we've seen him take, his athleticism is unmatched. And he was winning with less. <laughs> His number one target was a tight end, which is a 4'8 running Greg Olsen. Four foot, eight, four, eight, five flat on the 40-yard dash, Greg Olsen. <laughs> he had Steve Smith for a little while before he went to the Ray Heat. Nobody. James Stewart and, and, and D'Angelo Williams. And these are the guys who he had. Philip Dorsett. Devin Munches or Funches. <laughs> These are the guys who we had. Chris Hogan. And throughout this time, Damian Woody, because I'm still talking to you. Damian Woody, you see this man time in and time out do his thing. So put some respect on this athlete, on this man. Cam Newton ain't nothing changed. The man was just hurt. And like Black said, he's healthy now. He's healthy now. And this ain't the case where we've seen an athlete just deteriorate before our eyes. And then they sign with a new team and we just hope and pray he could just come through. No, this is not what this is. The man has shoulder surgery to repair his soldier. shoulder. He had foot surgery to repair his foot twice, Black. Mm -hmm. And you don't think? By him going to the greatest football coach of all time, maybe the greatest organiz winning organization ever. You don't think when he stepped foot in Foxborough, Massachusetts, that hell is not going to be right behind him? <laughs> Many people are going to have to pay for giving up on Cam Newton. I can't even think of the head coach of the Carolina Panthers right now. I can't even think of his name, the new head coach from Baylor. <laughs> but you was the one who said, yeah, let's go ahead and get rid of Cam Newton and bring in Teddy Bridgewater. Now, I'm happy that Teddy Bridgewater got his money, yeah. and I'm a fan of his. Shout out Teddy Bridgewater, not dissing you at all, but I'm sorry. <laughs> Cam Newton at 70% is better than Teddy Bridgewater. Cam Newton on 16%. 16% is better than Kyle Allen. I would try Cam Newton out on the field with a torn ACL, a blown rotator cuff, and a split chin <laughs> before I put a fully healthy Kyle Allen on the field. 
So please, Damian Woody and anybody else who's feeling this, because I seen y'all on Twitter last night. Oh man, Cam. I don't know, man. Cam's washed up, bro. I don't really know if we're going to see. We ain't talking about wins or losses right now. We're talking about the athlete. We're talking about the quarterback. This man is ready to go. And he is a highly intelligent quarterback. He is a physical specimen. And he will make his presence known when he steps on the field for the New England Patriots. So, again, put some respect on Cam Newton's name. Okay, so let's transition into some realistic conversations here with Cam Newton being um, with the New England Patriots, Black. So, the season, realistically. Now, we went through the schedule uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Colin Cowherd was saying, hey, man, the Patriots might be in the running for the number one or the number two pick. They could be getting Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. Well, Black, it looks like that's not going to happen. I can't imagine Cam <laughs> Newton um, make sure that the Patriots are going to be the number one and number two picks in this upcoming draft. So, Black, let's revisit the schedule. Let's revisit the schedule for the New England Patriots. Uh, but before we go team by team, Black, just what do you think this offense is going to look like with Cam Newton behind center? Because you got to remember, we've seen Tom Brady there for 20-plus years, and we know what kind of offense it was. But this is a new dynamic and a new element with Cam. So what you think we're going to see? D, to be honest with you, man, I really don't know. Like, okay. I'm thinking like a number of things because I know, I know how Bill Belichick is with his quarterbacks. He like to keep them protected, you know, so they, so they can play a full season and not get hurt. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that year in and year out with uh, Tom Brady. Sure. And just being a quarterback who sits in the pocket, he's been healthy other than one year when he towards ACL. Mm-hmm. You know, but other that than that, he was always well protected. Yeah. You really never seen Tom Brady touched at all in his career in New England. Right, really? But um, it's going to be interesting to see. Like, I think it's going to be more on Josh McDaniels than Bill Belichick, you know. Um, but I think that. I think they want to maybe use Cam Newton. If I'm guessing, I'm thinking they would maybe try to use Cam Newton's arm a little more and put him in situations where he could take those hits. Absolutely. So I think we're going to see a lot of – me personally, I think we're going to see a, a, a lot more passing than we see a Cam running, running the ball. Yeah, same here. I think it's – I think the, the great thing about this is, and I was talking to my boy uh, Steph Love uh, yesterday, you know, he's kind of worried about the offensive line uh, for the New England Patriots. And, I, you know, I had to kind of set him a man's down and say, look, just like you said, Black, we've seen Tom Brady and, you know, in, in behind some great offensive mm-hmm. lines. I mean, this man has only had one significant serious injury in 20 years. That's it. Other than that, Tom has been pretty clean. Mm-hmm. When the nine Super Bowls, like they always make sure that line is healthy. And now Cam Newton is going to a place where he is a, he's a priority. He's a priority where uh, Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick and all the offensive line coaches are going to make sure that Cam Newton's jersey is as clean as it's, as, as it's ever been. Because we know in Carolina, he was getting drilled. Yes, he was. Play after play, year after year, Cam was taking a beating. And I got to believe that Bill Belichick has prioritized this offensive line, keeping Cam Newton extremely healthy, durable, and able to coast through this season without any significant injuries. But you know what? I think we're going to see a brand new Patriots offense. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to catch the league off guard. The in- Look, the NFL 
is terrified now. The teams that are on this list that the Patriots have to play this year, they're nervous because you want to know why? Because for the first time in almost 20 years, you do not know what's coming from the Patriots. You have no clue. Mm -hmm. And with that being said, when you're coming into the season, you know, with the unknown, that could do wonders for you. You, that would pay huge dividends for you. And I think the Patriots are going to be that sneaky team that a lot of people are saying, hmm, maybe they can go 8-8. Eight and eight. Maybe they could go 9-7, to 5-11 or whatever. But now we're talking maybe 10 wins. My buddy Charles Evans said the Patriots are going to go 11-5 and five with Cam Newton. Mm. He said Cam Newton's good mm. for 11 games mm. this year. That's what my mm. buddy Charles said. 11 games from the Patriots. So I think the offense is going to be unpredictable. And it's something that, you know, we're not going to uh, see coming. And I'm excited to see it. So let's go to the schedule. Let's revisit this schedule. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we ran through the schedule. And I believe Black had the Patriots going 7-9. and nine. No, 6-10. Six and, six six and ten. 10. Yeah. And I had them going 5-11. and 11. Mm -hmm. So now we're going to redo it again with Cameron uh, Newton as the starting quarterback. So, Black, you got that schedule up? Yeah, man, I got it up, man. Let's roll. All right, we got uh, week one versus Miami Dolphins. That's a win. Mm -hmm. You want me to call it all out? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, week two, we got Seattle. C we got Seattle C at the Seattle Seahawks. There, I'm going to go lost D there. Okay. I'm going to go lost there. Uh huh. Uh, week three, we got uh, the Raiders come to town. I got the Patriots beating the Raiders. Two and one. Two and one. And then at uh, week four, hmm. I got uh, New England at Kansas City. Hmm. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that New England gets beats the Chiefs in Kansas City because I think Cam is going to have a lot to prove because he's forgotten about. It. He's forgotten about it. I mean, he's going up against a defending, uh, defending MVP, Super Bowl winning quarterback, and Pat Mahomes up and coming face of the league. I think Cam's going to have something to prove. So I'm going to go out and say New England wins. Beats Kansas City here. Three and one. Three and one. And then after that, we got uh, Denver comes to town. I think they beat Denver. Five, four and one. Uh, we got 49ers come to town. I think they beat the 49ers. Five and one. Mm -hmm. uh, Buffalo Bills. At Buffalo. At Buffalo. Mm -hmm. I think they lose this game, first game in Buffalo. Five I think they two. lose that. And then we got the, to the Jets. They beat the Jets. Six and two. Then we have the Ravens come to town. Mr. Lamar Jackson versus Mr. Cameron Newton. Man. D, oh, this is tough, man. Woo, this is in November. It's going to be cold. I'm going to go Ravens uh, beating New England in this one. Six and three. Okay, and then I have, uh, then we got them going to Houston. Mm. I got New England beating Houston. Seven and three. I got, they got Arizona come in the next following week after that. I have them beating uh, Arizona. Eight and three. At LA. At LA. Then I'm going right to have now. to say they lose this game in LA because of the trip. I'm going to say the Chargers get them because the Chargers are going to look amazing defensively. They're going to be, yeah, that's, that's going to be something serious right there. I think they beat the Rams. They beat, they sweep Nine the Dolphins. They, they sweep the Dolphins. 10 and 4. They beat Buffalo. And, <laughs> 11 and 4. And they beat the Jets. Wow. So you got the New England Patriots this season going 12 and 4. Yeah. With the addition of Cameron uh no uh, D, D you just put it you just said it so beautifully. No one's going to know what they're going to see. No. No one. Mm -mm. 
How can you prepare for that? Mm-mm. You've always known Bill Belichick to be one type of way with the offense. We always seen the same offense for over what, 20 years? 20 years. You finna have Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels, Cameron Newton, and no one has a clue what they're going to get. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a recipe for success. Yeah. Especially yeah. with Bill Belichick as the head coach. Because you don't think he signed, you think you don't think he he signed Cam Newton for a reason. Oh yeah. To win. And this is a potential chance to show, uh-uh. I can win a Super Bowl or get to a Super Bowl without Tom Brady. And what a hell of a quarterback and you what, got to do that. Hey. <laughs> and like what we say, we always say, like you say, people say, well, it was more of Tom Brady. Bill Belichick say, hold, pump your brakes for a minute here. I can show that I could take any type of quarterback and get to work, get to the promised land and get to where I need to be. And this season will have potential to be that. Because yeah. with 12 and what, 12 and 4, I said? You got, you got them 12 and 4. You get to the playoffs, maybe even with a 12 and 4 record, you are uh, one or two seed. a 1 or 2 seed. And we see what happened from there. We will. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm going to go down the line. I got them beating the Dolphins. I got them losing to the Seahawks. I got them beating the Raiders. I got them losing to the Chiefs. They're 2-2 two two in their first four. I got them beating Denver. I got them beating San Francisco. They're 4-2 now. I got them losing to Buffalo, 4-3. Beating the Jets, 5-3. Beating the Ravens, 6-3. Beating the Texans, 7-3. Losing to Arizona. Losing to Arizona, 7-4. Losing, beating the Chargers. Reason why? Tyrod Taylor. (laughs) I knew that was going to be the head coach (laughs) from the Los Angeles Chargers said, that they're good with Tyrod Taylor being their quarterback over Cameron Newton. Uh, uh, he's bringing that with him to L.A., uh, <laughs> playing in his headphones yeah. over and over and over again. Yeah. So I got the, the I think we're 8-4 now beating the Chargers. I got them beating the Rams at 9-4. I got them losing to the Dolphins at Miami late in the year. Mm. I got them losing to the Dolphins 9-5. I got them... I got them beating Buffalo. I got them splitting. I got them beating Buffalo. I got him beating Buffalo 10 and 5. And I got him beating the Jets. I got him beating the Jets close out the year. So I got him 11 and 5. Okay. I got him okay. 11 and 5. So, Charles, I guess you was right. I guess you was right. I told <laughs> Charles last night, I don't think you're right about that, but I wasn't looking at the schedule. So give me some bail, Charles. So I got him 11 and 5. I got him 11 and 5, making the playoffs. But the question I want to ask you is do they win the NFC East? Now, you got them 12 and 4. Now, you know we have on this Buffalo team. Yes, Very man. Very high. Do you have them winning the division? D, I'm going uh-huh. to say this. I think that last game, not the, well, not the last regular season game, the but the last game last. with Buffalo. And that's on a Monday night. I really believe it's going to come down to that for, for the, the division. Because I really believe Buffalo, Buffalo finally got that top-notch receiver they need and Stephon Diggs. They're going to blow the top off. That's going to blow the top off finally for Kyle Allen. Yeah. I just see... I see I see Kyle Allen Josh taking. Allen. Allen. I see Josh Allen taking the necessary steps he needs this upcoming season to uh, get them in position to win this division. Mm-hmm. If I had to pick right now, D, without the season being played, sure, we'll revisit it, but just off a hunch, I have to go Cameron Newton because I've seen him do it. Right. So I'm going with Cam. If All it came right. down to a one game to win a division, I have to go with Killer Cam. 
Man, um, I'm very high on this Buffalo team. And I know this. The, the, we both are, D. Yeah, we both yeah, are. yeah. But I know what the the X factors are. The X factors are always going to be the quarterback. These are both top-notch defenses. Yeah. New England has a very good defense. Yes, they do. And Buffalo has a very good defense. And I like Buffalo's coaching. I like their coaching. I like their pedigree. Mm-hmm. I like what they bring to the field uh, week in and week out. And I'm a big fan of Tredavion White. Just a physical, aggressive corner. And he kind of sets the tone for his defense, man. But um, I'm going to have to go with you, man. <laughs> I'm going to have to be true, you know. Monday Night Football, week 16 on ESPN. Buffalo come New England, bro. <laughs> and big games, you got to go with the big talent. And I'm going to go with Cam, man. I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say the Patriots squeak by. Right now, today, on, what is it, June 29th, I'm going to say New England Patriots win the NFC East. Okay. By a game. By a game. By a game, because Buffalo, that's going to be a race all year long. Yeah. Okay. All right, man. So that was fun. It's funny how a difference a couple of weeks make. Well, yes. one player makes. Yeah. Difference one player makes <laughs> with Cam in New England. So let's just talk. Let's talk realistically for the season, man. And, and, you know, we are very hopeful that Cam can stay healthy, play every game healthy, and, you know, we can just see what he really has. So I'm going to ask you to predict their season and where they're going to end up. But what do you think Cam, uh, where, what kind of season do you think Cam uh, can be set up to have being in New England just off health and performance. What do you what do you see with Cam? Yeah, um, I don't I don't know if he'll win MVP, mm-hmm. but I think he'll he'll definitely win uh, comeback player of the year. Facts. You know, um, man, if if they was to win the division, uh, uh, another division title, and get to the playoffs, man, and let's just say they got they got a uh, home field throughout. <laughs> We know how difficult it is to win in New England in the playoffs. We know Bill Belichick's Bill Belichick mind in the playoffs. He's taken away, he's taken away the most important thing from teams that, that he's going against. So yep. man, gotta beat him with it just it, 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 it's just uh I think it depends on who they play and if they have home field. Well, just off cam. Just, just off, just off just, Cam by Just what do you think Cam is going to do this season? But we didn't see. Just, just what you think he's going to do? No, I think, we don't want to predict the season. Just okay. what, you, what are we going to see from him? I just think we're going to see. I think we're going to see a different Cam. Yeah. Honestly, I think we're going to see a different Cam. Like I said before, I think we're going to see more Cam I'm passing the ball. But I think when it get down to the nitty gritty, we're going to see them legs go. When, <laughs> when teams not expecting, we was like, okay, we're not used to seeing this Cam pass the ball. He's going to kill you with the run. He's going to okay. kill you with the run. But I expect Cam to have a very good year, comeback player of the year. I expect him to have uh uh have a good uh passing game this year and running uh both together, but more passing than anything. I think Bill Belichick changes that what he's been doing in Carolina coming to New England. He changes that for Cam Newton with getting the ball downfield. Yeah, I don't know if Cam is going to win MVP like you said, but I agree with him being comeback player of the year. But I think Cam will be in the MVP race all year long. I think you'll hear his name with Lamar. I think you'll hear his name with Patty Mahomeboy, Russell Wilson. You know, I got a sleeper with Dak Prescott this year, you know, being in the MVP race. I think you're going to hear his name. And I also think that Cam Newton, and we just pray he stays healthy, I think Cam is just going to uh, say pretty much allow me to reintroduce myself uh, all year long, you know. And I, and I think this offense, and I don't know what it's going to look like, 
But with the combination of his legs and with his arm, you know, people forget that he passed for 4,000 yards in his rookie year. Mm-hmm. You know, he passed for another 4,000 on his MVP season. He can throw the football. He can let it rip. And I think Josh McDaniels and that offensive staff is going to take all of the uh, qualities that Cam has with throwing the football, and they're going to push it to the front. So we're going to see his, uh, his passing game a lot more detail. We're going to see Josh McDaniels and our offensive, uh, offensive staff for New England just highlight Everything that he can do well passing, whether it's the deep ball, whether it's the deacon dagger, whatever you want to call it, Cam's arm is going to be used a lot more than his legs. And like you said, it's going to it's going to wall defenses asleep because it never fails. When you get halfway through the NFL season, a lot of defenses start to pick up on what you've done, or offensive done, offenses do. They start to pick up, but by that time, it's probably too late because the offenses are just in the groove. We see it with the Chiefs. You know what the Chiefs are going to do. You know the weapons they got on the field. But can you stop them? Andy Reid is an excellent play caller. Can you stop that? And we've seen Tom Brady and the Patriots offense be in that same conversa- conversation. Can you stop that? Mm-hmm. You know what's coming, but can you stop that? I think Cam Newton, if he can stay healthy, I honestly think this offense is going to be more explosive, hmm. more up-tempo with him yeah. than Tom Brady. Why? Like you and Fred said, so great. He can go side to side. He can move up and down, side to side. There's no cap on him. There was a cap on Brady, Mm -hmm. you know, and it ain't no cap on Cam. So I'm thinking we're going to see a very good to maybe even great season from Cam. That's exactly what we're hoping for uh, as well. And I want to say this one last thing before we go to the next thing. Uh All you reporters talking about now Cam Newton's, he signed with New England Place and he he signed with the New England Patriots. Now he will go and compete for the starting job. No disrespect to Jared Stidham. Stiz. No disrespect, Stiz. Uh, I, I'm a fan of yours. I was a fan of yours at Auburn. At Auburn, yeah. But listen to me. This job belongs to Cameron Killer Cam Newton. Cam Newton. So I don't want to hear no he will compete for a starting position with Jared Stidham. No, he will not. No, he will not. Cam Newton will be the starting quarterback for the New England Patriots week one. That's the greatest. Thank you, Black. You said that so well. (laughs) I don't have anything else to add on that. So you did a great job with closing the cap on that. So once again, Cam Newton is the new starting quarterback (laughs) for the New England Patriots. We are excited and happy to see Cam uh, signed to a new team. And what a what a just special situation. You know, he's with the greatest coach of all time and a great organization. And we're going to see uh, what comes forth. Uh, hopefully we do get a season uh, this year. And if we do, you know, we're excited to see what Cam got going. All right, Black, let's transition, man. Um, last week we did our top 10 quarterbacks list coming into uh, this season. And another list has surfaced. Uh, a top 10 cornerbacks not db but just specifically cornerbacks that are coming into the tw- uh, the cornerbacks that are coming into the 2020 season so black i'm going to read this list okay there's 10 players here and i would just want to hear your thoughts hear your gripes you agree you agree you disagree talk to me black here we go at number 10 they have marshawn Lattimore from the new orleans saints at number nine chris harris jr with the Los Angeles Chargers. You had Xavier Howard uh, from the Miami Dolphins. You got my man Tredavious White 
from the Buffalo Bills. You got former Dallas Cowboy, new Miami Dolphin, Byron Jones at number six. We got Pat Peterson. At number five for the Arizona Cardinals, you got Jalen Ramsey at number four for the L.A. Rams. Joe Hayden at three from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Marcus Peters at two uh, from the Baltimore Ravens. And at number one, you got Stephon Gilmore from the New England Patriots. Now, Black, I know you are chomping out the bitch to get at this list because there's one name that is not on this list, and I'm going to allow you to get it off your chest, Black. So talk to me. How you feeling about this top 10 quarterbacks list? Listen, man, I'm going to keep this short and sweet, man. Mm. It is a travesty that Casey Hayward didn't make this list. Mm. Do you know who was considered the best cornerback behind Jalen Ramsey when he was with the Jacksonville Jaguars? Mm -hmm. That happened to be Casey Hayward. It was. Now, for him not to be on this list, I'm just baffled. I'm just disgusted. You're telling me, you're telling me that we have Chris Harris Jr. No disrespect to you, Chris Harris Jr. Byron Jones, Joe Hayden, on this list, and Casey Hayward is not better than those guys? You tell me. <laughs> you tell me. D, I really don't understand. And if we were preparing for the show, we discussed this. We discussed this. Well, who coming off the list then? Who coming off the list? <laughs> who coming off this top 10 list for Casey Hayward? I want to know the name that's coming off this list. Joe Hayden got to go, D. You is crazy. Joe Hayden got to go. Joe Hayden out of top 10 cornerback in football, Black? No. Wow, that's crazy. He is not. You absurd for that. I've watched. I watched this year personally. If you've watched as well, him and Pittsburgh get torched this year. A lot. Not not once, not twice, a whole lot. Black. They was in on Pittsburgh. The, they was on the field listen, 90% of the day. Listen, D. Doug I Hodges don't was tell. quarterback. Jalen Ramsey's always on the field when he was in Jacksonville. Oh, okay. And he didn't get torched 20 and 30 times. Oh, okay. Okay. Joe Hayden has to go, D. Okay. He shouldn't even be on this list. You wildin'. He shouldn't even be on this list. You wildin', bro. <laughs> Everyone else, I say their position is somewhat solidified. But Joe Hayden, if 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 we can't talk about Casey Hayward, Casey Hayward, because he's not on the list. So, Where is Casey Hayward on this list? On this, on on this. If Joe Hayden is coming off, that means there's a spot open. Where is Casey Hayward going on this list? I say that you have to put Casey Hayward like at six. You is wild. You have to put him at six. You have to put Casey Hayward at least at six. You I'm not going to give him top five because last year he had a down year last year. A down yeah, year? Yeah, his picks went up. His picks was down, you know, last year. So I had to sit back and think about it when we was discussing the show. You know, he, uh-huh. he does have Chris Harris Jr., which he's a legit corner. Better than legit. Casey Hayward. Casey, I'll say on the same page with Casey Hayward. I'm not same. going to say it better. I'm not going okay. to say better. All right, man. So You bugging. Casey Hayward should be on this list, but he's not. So this is what I'm going to do. Okay. D, what are we ranking Stephon Gilmore on this, just this past year? No, that's we last three years. His last three years. Yeah, yeah best corner in football. 
He's been the best corner in football in the last past three, three years. Yeah, one or two. One or two, him or Ramsey, one or two. Last three years. Facts. Facts. Okay. I like Gilmore at one. I do. Mm-hmm. I think Mark and P- Marcus Peters has to fall. Mm-hmm. Jalen Ramsey needs to go up to two. Mm-hmm. And I think you put Marcus Peters at three. Mm-hmm. Patrick Peterson at four. I'm going to put, I'm going to put Joe Hayden. You took him off. No, you, but I can't because Casey Hayward's not on his list. Oh, okay. That's fine. So you're you going to go over the list they put here. Okay. Joe Hayden has to fall to 10 on this <laughs> list. He has to fall to 10 wild, on this bro. list because every single quarterback, one through nine, except him, I'm taking. You wild. I mean, one he through lied. 10, except him, I'm taking. He so he would be he number lied. 10 because uh, this is not Joe Hayden that was in Cleveland. We're basing if you said three years. Joe Hayden has not been relevant since he's been in Pittsburgh. That's not true, dog. That is true. That's not, bro. He has not been relevant since he's been in Pittsburgh. You wild. He has bro. not. You bugging. <laughs> you bugging. <laughs> Joe Hayden has to go to number 10. Yo. <laughs> Jalen Ramsey is the number two corner in the league behind Marcus Peters. Uh-huh. Then you have Patrick Peterson. I think Triff Davis White is up and coming, so I think you may need to. Give him a little bump, maybe a little bump. A little bump. I say you. I say you move him into the top five. Tre'Davious White. So Patrick Peterson would come down uh, to six. Byron Jones would be at seven. Xavier Howard and Chris Harris. Their their spots are solidified at eight and nine. And then you have uh, Mr. Well, their spots are solidified at seven and eight. And then you have uh, Lattimore at nine and Joe Busted Hayden Busted. at number 10. Yo, you is a wild I totally <laughs> disagree with you on Joe Hayden. Mm. And, and I don't know what your beef is mm. with Joe Hayden, but you is bugging. I know we got a few of our Florida Gator yeah. fans uh, yeah. who might have He ain't been relevant say. since he been in Pittsburgh. I said it. And if you want to get at me, you know what it hit me at. He lied. He's been busted ever since he's been in Pittsburgh. He lied. If you think I'm lying, go look at the highlights of some of the games last year. He lied. All right. So um, I got a couple beasts with this list. <laughs> Black Wilder, bro. I got a couple beasts with this list, and I actually think this list is accurate. I think all 10 of these players are the top 10 corners. In football, I think this is an accurate list. Uh, but I am going to switch it around uh, a little bit here. Okay, I'm going to put Jalen Ramsey at number one. Jalen Ramsey is the best corner in all of football. Um, Gilmore, in the scheme that they run in New England, he's not left one-on-one a lot of times. He does get a lot of help over the top. Now, for what it's worth, I remember two years ago when they faced the Chiefs in the NFC Championship game, he did take Tyree Hill out of the game, even though he had to go like 15 yards for speed purposes. But Tyreek Hill had a hard day that day. And we've seen Tyreek Hill give Jalen Ramsey a lot of hell uh, the two times that they played the Jaguars. But I think overall, I just think, you know, Ramsey is just a better corner. I just think you could just put him out there on the best receiver and just leave him there. Like, no, Island type, Revis type. Like, I just think he's the best. At number two, I'm going to go Gilmore. At Gilmore, I'm going to go number two. At number three, I'm going to... 
I like Tredavious White. He had a hell of a year last year. I like those big physical corners who could just rough you up, bump you off your route, keep their hands on you, and just really take you out the game mentally. And I seen him do it over and over and over again. I mean, he did it to Deshaun Hopkins, um, DeAndre Hopkins in that playoff game for like the first, I want to say three and a half quarters before Hopkins really got going in the fourth quarter in overtime. Like he just really bothered Hopkins a lot. So I'm going to go Tredavious White at number three. I'm going to go Joe Hay at number four. I mean, Joe well, Hayden. you is tripping, Joe, bro. bro. Joe Hayden Joe don't Hayden get no, no he- top five corner, yes, man. Yes, he is. He don't get no help, bro. Joe Hayden don't get no help, bro. And he has been relevant since he left Cleveland. I don't know what tape you watch it, but you need to go rewatch it. Like, I got Hayden now. This is my list, bro. I got Joe Hayden now, four. All right, I got, uh, I'm going to leave Pat Peterson at five. I got Byron Jones at six. I'm going to bring down... I'm going to keep Lattimore at 10. I'm going to bring Chris Harris Jr. all the way up to 7. I'm going to leave Howard. I'm going to put Chris Harris at 8, and I'm going to bring Howard down to 9. Howard is an up-and-corner corner. He had a very good second half of the year last year for the Dolphins, and they got a really sneaky good defense coming back this year. So where you put Davis White at? I got him at 3. Okay. I got him at 3. And I I got, excuse me, I got Peterson at 5, and I, I got Marcus Peters at 5. And I'm bringing Pat Peterson all the way down to eight. All the way down. I mean, I, I'm, Pat Peterson can still play, but he's getting up there, man. He's getting very, very long in the tooth. And I still think he's better than Lattimore. I still think he's better than Howard. So I'm going to keep Peterson there. But Howard going to jump Peterson probably this year. So I don't really know what your beef is with Joe Hayden. But, uh, Say it right, D. Joe Busted. No. Hayden, no, bro. No, no, I'm not going to say that. Yes, I'm not yes, say yes. He is not a top five coach yes, in this he league, is, D. Bro. He is not. He out there by he himself. Is not, I don't care. Jalen Ramsey was out there by himself. When did you see Hayden get burnt last year? A lot of times not for true. touchdowns. Not true. Yes, yes, it's true. It's not true. Go, go to YouTube and go look at the footage of Pittsburgh footage defensively. <laughs> NFL Network put up some old games. From last year, they show him all week long. All right. Uh, games of Pittsburgh, they show him. He lied. And he getting busted. He lied. All right, Black. You know, I can't wait to hear the feedback from this because I don't think Joe Hayden is busted. I still top think he's five, the top five corner in this league. league. I like Joe, Joe Hayden. Joe Hayden. I like Joe. Are you kidding I me? I like Joe. Yeah, he top five in shoe wear and cleat wear. <laughs> so... Black got beef with Joe Hayden. So uh I wish I would have known he would have been beef left with my Joe man, Hayden. Left like, my man Casey Haywood off the list for so Joe K- Hayden. So Casey Haywood better than Joe Hayden? Yes. What is wrong yes. with you? <laughs> What's wrong with you? D, so you can tell me right now, uh, everybody on this list, Casey Haywood don't deserve to be on this he list. He don't. He's a very good corner, bro. And maybe two years ago, two years ago, he was up there, bro, with a top five spot. But, bro, the last two years, bro, I've been seeing Casey Hayward get double moved out here. Just turned around like he a ballerina, bro. You know who else I seen get it like Casey that? Joe. Joe Busted Hayden. He lied. <laughs> he lied. Wow. Okay, well, cool. You know, so, yeah. So, that's our top 10 cornerbacks list, man, coming into the 2020 season. Uh, Black Holly. Like I said, I'm sorry. If you got a problem with what I said, y'all know where to hit me at on Twitter and Instagram. You know where to hit me at. 
Joe Busted Hayden. He lied! Thanks to Grizz. Okay, so we're gonna transition to a quick little, um, a little, a little fun question here, Black. Uh, it's called Pick Your Squad. I thought this would be something cool. So listen, you got a quarterback, a running back, two wide receivers, and a tight end. If you are one game to win it all, one game, Super Bowl pretty much, what offense are you calling on to go out on the field to win you a championship? So you ready? Offense number one, quarterback, Tom Brady. Running back, Christian McCaffrey. Wide receivers, DeAndre Hopkins and Julio Jones. And tight end, George Kittle. That's offense A. Pretty good, right? Yeah. Offense B, Patrick Mahomeboy Mahomes at quarterback. Running back, Saquon Home Run Barkley. Number three, Michael, I catch anything that Drew Brees throw my way. Thomas, at the other receiver, you got OBJ, enough said. And at tight end, you got Travis Kelsey at the tight end spot. So, Black, one game for the Super Bowl. What offense are you going with? Offense A or offense B? <laughs> yeah, boy. Come on now. This is a two-hour show. <laughs> oh, man, D. God, I hate I'm finna say this, man. Let's go. But I got to go with Team B, man. Patty? I got to go with Patty. Okay, okay. I got to go why with do you, Patty. Why do you hate that you're about to say it? Because experiences in playoffs, experience is everything. He got a ring, too. He do, but Tom Brady got six. Okay. <sighs> when you win it, you win it. You right. Well, it's whatever. That's your team. You're going with Team B. I'm going with Team B, though, because... Okay, cool. Like you said, you win it when you win it, but Pat Mahomes young winning it. He, like, young. He ain't even reached his prime. Like, young, young winning it. And Saquon, oh, ain't even nothing to say about that. And then you giving me unstoppable Michael Thomas and Odell Beckham to take the top off and smooth-cutting Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to go with Team B. Yeah, you're not alone. I'm yeah. going Team B as well. You, you're not alone. I mean, Team A is yeah. a formidable offense, but um, you said it best. I mean, <laughs> look, dog, I'm, like, I, I, I tell people this already on the regular. Bruh, this man Patrick Mahomes, bruh, bruh, he finna run shop in the NFL. If he can stay healthy, if that Chiefs organization can keep Pieces around, bro. This man finna, ain't even 25 years he old. He finna yet, run man. shop. He finna run shop in the league, bro. So you're not really by yourself. About that, D. This you're not by yourself, bro. D, I'm really thinking, this man is not 25 years old yet. Bro, he won a Super Bowl in his second year Damn, starting. Oh, man. He won unanimous MVP in his first year starting, bro. His first year. And he effortlessly came back, bro, from 36 to nothing <laughs> against the Houston Texans. What? It was 36 9 at the end of the first quarter. And they walked them down. The San Francisco 49ers with that vaunting defense was up 2,000 points in the fourth quarter. And he ran them down and beat them by 10. Come on, man. Look, I love you, Tom. Hey, Thomas Edward Brady, all respect to you, bro. Hell of a quarterback. You are currently the GOAT right now. But let me tell you something. I ain't never seen. 
nothing like this boy here. So it's Team B, no ifs, ands, <laughs> or buts about it, sir. <laughs> All right, so that was fun, man. That was, yeah, uh, was a lot man. of NFL That was a lot talk. of fun. I had to think about that one, man. How yeah, a lot of did? NFL talk, but that was fun. That yeah, was a fun yeah, little yeah. pick your squad yeah, question. We might keep that. that up here at the Sports Desk. Yeah, we man, that's a good that one. Up. Pick your squad, all right? All right, man, now it's time to get into the National Basketball Association. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, I tell you what, Black, we are overly excited here at the sports desk. It's been a long time since we've seen some schedules. It's been a long time, man. And um, I'm so happy to be talking real NBA basketball games, real NBA storylines. We're only a few weeks away, but we might as well kick it back where we left, man. Home of the greatest franchise in sports, the LA Lakers, and the home of the greatest athlete in the world today, LeBron James, the King. Woo! Woo! Lakers, let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> Lakers, let's do it. It is time to talk that talk. So this past Friday, ESPN had a special with the schedule release uh, for the Orlando restart. Um, the 22 teams have eight games before the playoffs start. We still have some stuff to get sorted out uh, with the playoffs with the AFC uh, in the East and Western Conference, man. So black, man. How excited are you? How excited are you now? Excited are you now that we got a schedule and we got uh, an ideal and the date and time when these games gonna take place? Man, I'm ecstatic, man. I can't just say I'm excited. I'm ecstatic. Sure. This is what I've been waiting on, man. Sure. Uh, and one particular reason, I'm just gonna say it. It's time for the king to regain his regain his throne. Say it again. You know I don't care. If the season to to all these naysayers to these ones say, oh, the season won't mean nothing because it got cut off. I don't give a shit. Say <laughs> say it again. This is the rebirth of the king regaining his throne. Yes, it is. I'm excited, D. I don't yes. know about you. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm ready to see this thing put on the court. It can be. I, I I'm gonna love hearing the ball dribble. Squeak, squeak, squeak. I'm gonna love hearing it. It's gonna squeak, be like squeak, we squeak. sitting ratting, ratting in gym, in the gym, hearing squeak, it go squeak, down. Squeak. Yep. Yep. Squeak, squeak, squeak. That's sneakers, by the way. I'm excited, man, because you're gonna get everybody healthy, 100. Mm-hmm. percent there's no excuses. No one's hurt. No one's going to be hurt. They have time to recover, heal, whatever, all they need. Someone made a, uh, someone said something about Giannis the other day. Mm-hmm. And it was like he was dealing, you know, when he was on that stretch where they were playing L.A. at the end all-star break time. Mm-hmm. He was dealing with a, uh, a really nagging injury mm-hmm. during those times. But he, but people better watch out. Yeah. Because he's fully healthy. He's fully healthy. I want to see it. Me too. I want to see it in a restart. Me too. 
I want to see is he going to be unstoppable. Is he really going to have to depend on Eric Bledsoe and Chris Middleton? <laughs> I want to see it. Yes, sir. But you know one thing that I know and I know you know? What's that, Black? The king. LeBron James. The king. Le- LeBron James. Will be ready to rock and roll. LeBron James. Le- LeBron James. Just overall, man, just to have basketball back, to hear that ball dribble. Squeak, I'm ex- squeak, squeak. I'm excited, man. Squeak, squeak, squeak. I can speak for, speak for me and D, and I know D's going to give you a whole lot more about it. Huh. But, man, just to have basketball huh. back, man, it's going to do the heart good. For sure. It's going it's gonna to be good my to mind, sit down. My body on, and my wife. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to feel good to sit down on the couch yep. and watch basketball in that little bubble down in Orlando. Yeah, boy. I wish we could be part of that bubble, but we know the reasons why we can't. Yep. But I'm excited. I can't wait. July 30th cannot get here quick enough. No, it cannot. LeBron James. LeBron James. So I am over the river and through the moon (laughs) about the NBA uh, returning, man. I didn't even know the special was coming on. So I'm at work. I get the little little alert on my phone and it was like new uh, bubble schedule set to release seven o'clock on ESPN. I was like, oh, man, they got a special going. So I done flipped the link over. I'm all in the office, man, with the TV, uh, with the uh, phone <laughs> propped up. I want to see what's popping, man. And it was just so good to see the countdown team back together with Jalen and Jason Williams, Paul Pierce. And, uh, you know, it was, it was just good. Kendrick Perkins and all those guys was on there talking basketball, man. It was just good to see it. And when they rolled out these gangs, man, um, I was excited. So let's go ahead and get into it, man. Let's go to night one, July 30th. Special start time at 6.30, man. We got the Utah Jazz uh, and the Pelicans. Kicking it off, we got Zion and Devin Mitchell and uh, B.I. and Zoe and, 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 and Gobert, hopefully. And, and, you know, we got a good game to kick it off. But then at 9 o'clock at TNT, on TNT, <laughs> and I don't even know what July 30th is. Maybe that's like a Thursday or Wednesday. I'm not really sure. Uh, when it is, but on July the 30th, it is a Thursday, my boy, Thursday night on TNT at nine o'clock. We get round four. We get round four of the Los Angeles Clippers and the Los Angeles Lakers at nine o'clock on July 30th on TNT. I am excited. I will be in place with the get this black a twelfth pack of Angry Orchard. <laughs> I'm gonna buy me a mini cooler and have the cooler sitting right next to me, and I'm gonna be sitting on my couch with my LeBron James jersey on and my LA Lakers socks on. And shout out to my dad who got me a LA Lakers LeBron James Kobe Bryant wave cap. I'm gonna have the wave cap on. Doing the game and let's get this thing rocking. So those are the first two games on July 30th. And boy, do we have a host of games on that Friday on the 31st. And it got special start times, which I love. And I'm yeah. off on this day. Yeah. On this day. So at 2.30, man, you got the Magic and the Nets at 4 o'clock. You got the Grizzlies and the Blazers. Now, that's going to be an interesting game. It will be. Both of those teams vying for AC. At 4 o'clock, you got the Suns and the Wizards. 6.30, you got Celtics and you got the Bucks, mm, man. That's going to be a good one. That's a great game there. At 8 o'clock, you got the Kings and you got the Spurs also fighting for the number eight spot in the West. And then at 9 o'clock, you got another good one. You got the Houston Rockets 
and the Dallas Mavs, man. You have a six-game header on July 31st, man, and that that is all the basketball lovers in the world, man. You got to be slobbing out of the mouth uh, with those first two games. Let's go right back up to July 30th at nine o'clock. Nah, Black, we know it's been four months. We know this is the first game back. We know teams are trying to get in their groove. Now, these teams are going to have a couple of scrimmage games uh, before this. And those games start, like, I think two or three days before the season starts. So, actually, we're going to get some little preseason-type games, I think, starting on the 26th and the 27th, mm-hmm. I believe, as well. So, we're going to get a couple scrimmages, man. But, Black, what do you hope to see at 9 o'clock on July 30th? And we'll break down this game a lot later, but just what do you hope to see with the Clippers and the Lakers on July 30th at 9 o'clock on TNT? Look, man, I'm, I'm just looking to see the King and AD and all the rest of the troops at their best, man. Mm-hmm. That's all I need to see. I don't care about the damn Clippers. Mm-hmm. I could care less. I could care less. Because, quote unquote, when they were at their best the last time we played them. Fully healthy. Fully healthy. Everybody was available. Didn't they lose by 10? Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. I'm just looking to see what my Lakers are going to look back first game after a long layoff. See if it's going to be how the rust is going to look. Sure. See how the king is moving and dealing and sure. wheeling and doing everything that he does. Sure. On that wood. Sure. And I'm going to be looking very closely to Anthony Davis. Yeah. To see how he's really handling this time off. See if he get healthy. See how we're going to look inside that paint. That's what I'm looking for on July 30th. Yep, 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 yep. Me too. I'm really excited to see what's going on uh, on July 30th. I know it's going to be a lot of rust. We might get even some sloppy basketball, you know. And I really don't care. I'm just going to keep it real. I want the Lakers to beat the Clippers, of course. But I really don't care. Uh, who wins that game? You want to know why? I just want to see what my team looking like. I want to see what they team looking like because this is the last time we're going to see them before potentially the Western Conference Finals. I just want to see who's been putting in the work. Who's been taking advantage of this quarantine? Who's been doing whatever they can to try to stay healthy, keep their shots sharp, moving laterally and up and down, down the court defensively? I just want to see who's been putting in the work because it's a short turnaround in eight games. The playoffs will be here in two weeks. These eight games are going to be played in two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then the playoffs is going to start, man. So I just want to see not only with the Lakers, but the whole league. I want to see what the Celtics look like. I want to see what Giannis look like. I want to see what Harden and Westbrook look like. Like, I want to see how are these guys looking, you know, with this four-month-long layoff. And like Black said, man, everybody healthy. Hmm. No one, unless they had a season-ending injury, um, other than that, you, you good now. Four months. Kawhi's good. Paul George is good. Uh, Anthony Davis' back is good. LeBron James' back is good. Like, everybody's good. We ready to rock. We ready to roll, man. So I'm just excited to get basketball up and running, man. And I just want to see what these boys is out here looking like. So, of course, the NBA bubble is taking place in Orlando, Florida. So just a couple tidbits here for you guys. So you got, of course, 22 teams, eight seeding eight seating games per team. And a 16 playoff field, uh, traditionally, of course. Uh, let's see here. Here are the playoff qualifications. Uh, I'm going to read some of these graphs off that the NBA did a wonderful job on. So, the seven teams in each conference with the highest combined winning percentage includes regular season games plus seedings. 
to earn the eighth playoff seed. The eighth seed must be more than four games ahead of the ninth seed uh, to win the eighth seed in its conference. So basically they're saying right now the eighth seed in the West is the Memphis Grizzlies. So Memphis has a two-game lead. On the Pelicans, they have a two-game lead on the Sacramento Kings, Kings the, a three-game lead on the Blazers, and the Spurs. All right. At any point in time, if they get a four-game lead over the person who was trailing them, they clinch. They clinch the AFC. But if they don't, and this is what I hope happens, I hope that they don't clinch, and I hope we get this playing tournament because I want to see what it looks like. So here's what it's going to look like. If the eighth seed is four games or less ahead of the ninth seed in the same conference, eighth seed must win one game, one game to advance to the playoffs. But the ninth seed must win two games. So it's a mini series here that could take place. Now, Black, would you not mind seeing three games of the Grizzlies and the Pelicans? Would you not mind seeing three games with the Pelicans and the Blazers to see who can advance to the AFC and potentially play our Los Angeles Lakers with the king, LeBron James, uh, in the first round of the playoffs? I definitely would. So what do you think about the play-in tournament? What do you think about how the NBA has shaped it up? I I think it's dope. I I really, I'm not a fan of that four-game lead. I really don't like it, but like you said, for the competition, it's going to be great. Facts. It's going to be great. It's going to be like college. It's yeah. going to be like college because college always college have a game, yeah. always have the play-in game that plays the yeah. number one overall seeds. Yeah. You know? But I think it's going to be dope, man. I think I <laughs> I would love to see Pelicans and the Blazers. Even the Kings. Kings got a good young team. They do. I would even love to see them and Grizzlies go at it. You mm. know? You you're not you don't know what you're going to get. You know, and, and, mm. and these teams, I'm telling you, the Pelicans, the Grizzlies, the Kings. And the Trailblazers, they have a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of work to do. So I'm looking for those teams to really be, to really be in a thick and like probably play uh, playoff basketball from tip, mm-hmm. from from I mean from the regular season games because they're trying to solidify themselves, you yeah. know. And I know uh, the AC who is the Grizzlies, they're trying to hold on and want to be able. So they don't have to play those games, yeah. you know, and, and clinch that AFC. But mm-hmm. we're going to see, man. I'm happy we getting this. It's going to be amazing. Uh, the Trailblazers, man, they got a lot of work to do. They got a lot four of work to do back. because almost four games they back. were uh, singing at like their, what, 11th, uh, 10th or 11th seed when the season stopped. They're the 11th seed, almost yeah, four so games back of the Grizzlies. Out of the teams there, they have a lot of work to do. So... I'm ex- I'm excited, but hey, you don't bet against Dame Lillard. You know, don't bet against him because I know he's going to come out here and he made a few comments about if they were to get the eighth seed mm. that I would love to see mm. the Trailblazers versus the Los Angeles Lakers. Mm-hmm. I would love to see that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm excited, man, about this play-in tournament and uh, everything that they're doing with it. It's going to be interesting to see. Uh, that team who's the ninth seed, if they get that first win and going into that second game, you're really going to be like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Can can that ninth seed really win two games in a row over an NBA team? Mm-hmm. Another NBA team. So I'm excited to see it, man, and how, it, uh, how it's going to be rolled out and presented. Yeah, me too. That play-in game, man, I, I, I hope it gets there. I hope we get to see it. I ho- just, just, and, and will this something? Is this something that the NBA will continue to do? 
You know, I know baseball, they do it uh, with the play-in game. Uh, like the NFL is going to, where they're adding playoff teams um, to their playoff tournament as well. So it's only fitting that the NBA do something to shake up uh, their tournament to the crown, their champion as well. But you got a lot of great young teams. Like that Memphis Grizzlies team is talented, man. They're young and they just hooping, man. And they got a two-and-a-half game lead on another young, great team with the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. Like, which that team could be scary in another two to three years yeah. once those boys mature and get some experience under their belt. Like, and then, like, you got, you got the Blazers. Like, for me, I, I got a different feeling towards the Blazers. They put themselves in this position. They got <laughs> no business being an 11th seed in the Western Conference Finals with that experience. They were just in the Western Conference Finals last that's season, it. which they got swept. But that's another topic. But they were just in the Western Conference Finals last year. And you got the Kings. They got some nice young talent there. And then you got the, the, the giddy, balanced, solid San Antonio Spurs with, you know, Greg Popovich being, the, you know, the best coach in basketball in the NBA. But um, I got my eyes on Grizzlies, Pelicans, man. I just hope it just come down to those two that come in the playoff because the NBA wants Zion Williamson in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, I could believe and that. And the NBA can push all their chips to the table for an eighth seed. They wanted to be the Pelicans, and the Pelicans got the easiest schedule of the uh, teams trying to make it to the playoffs. So I'm going to read off the Pelicans' um, eight-game uh, schedule. I got it right in front of me. I thought I did. Let's see. New Orleans, New Orleans. Are they New Orleans Pelicans? Mm-hmm. Let's see. I thought I had it in front of me, but I don't have it in front of me. Oh, yes, I do. So they start off with the Clippers. That's their first game with the Clippers. And then they got the Grizzlies. Then they got the Magic. Then they got the Kings back-to-back games. Then they got the Spurs. Then they got the Jazz, and they finish off with the Wizards. They, so that's, that's, a, that's a pretty decent schedule that they can kind of hang their hat on because, honestly, man, these eight games, they can go six and two. They can. They can go six and two in these games. And how late when they get to, well, let's see, well, well Utah. Well, well, Utah, they would have already clinched their spot. So will Utah even play their guys? You know, on that seventh game, but they even play the games where they rest Gobert and rest Mitchell. Yeah, I really don't think nobody's going to stop playing. I think everybody's going to play. It's the restart. Mm. I don't really think you're going to see players not playing. I don't think you're going to see that. I don't know. I think I everybody think, plays. I think a lot of – I don't know, Black. I might kind of disagree with you there. I think some teams may sit their guys as they get to the sixth, you seventh, and eighth so? game. Yeah, because the playoffs are right there, you know, and they're coming off a four-month level. They haven't been playing. They're not in nobody in game shape. You know, hamstrings can happen. You know, little tweaks, little nasty happen when you don't play. What where do most of your injuries come from in basketball? At the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. that's when you see guys. Oh, my hamstring, my shoulder. You know, the guys not in shape yet. And I think some teams like we we know Kawhi ain't playing all eight. Oh no, he Kawhi not. might play three games. Yeah. Paul George might play three games. We know the Clippers ain't gonna play. Yeah, you know, because that's how they get out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But uh, you know, we we might see it. I'm not really sure. We might not see it. But, Black, one team I got my eye on, man. One team who I think is going to not go quietly when we get to the playoffs, and that's the OKC Thunder, man. Okay. They've been a surprise team of the league. They currently the sixth seed in the Western Conference right now. And they schedule it's, – it's, it's a pretty tough schedule, man. They open up with Denver. They got the Clippers and the Lakers back-to-back nights. They got Memphis. They got Miami. They got Phoenix. Utah and the Wizards to close out. So their first seven games is like, wow. their first six games is like, oh boy, you know, some tough comp. But then they finish out their last three with some duds, man. The Washington Wizards and the uh, Phoenix Suns shouldn't be here. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and say it. 
Why are the Washington Wizards and the Phoenix Suns invited to the bubble? I don't know, man. That's, For what? What seed out of the Suns? The Suns like the 12th seed. Ugh. The Wizards are like the 11th seed in the East. Why are they there? <laughs> but that's another conversation. I'm not going to really piss on uh, the Phoenix Suns because I am a Devin Booker fan, and I would love to see Devin Booker play some basketball with these eight games because I'm the only eight games he's going to play. <laughs> You know, and I'm a fan of Bradley Bill as well. And it, those only eight games he's going to see Bradley Bill, so we can just yeah <laughs> out of here. Um, but the schedule is nice, man. You know, I, I like what I'm seeing. Uh, how the NBA is doing it, they did a real good job, man. And can't wait to get uh basketball back rolling, man. So July uh 30th, July 30th, that's when it all kicks off, man. So of course, of course, with the season reopening. With the bubble opening, you know, the NBA, you know, laid out a deadline for players to, you know, let them know when, you know, are they going to report or they're not going to report. And as expected, we had some guys say, hey, I'm, I'm not coming. So it started off with Trevor Reza. Trevor Reza opted not to go with Portland, which is a big blow for the Trailblazers, mm-hmm. you know, because he wanted to spend time with his son. And I can respect that. I have nothing to say to you on that, Trevor, Trevor Reza. Spend time with your family, bro. And then uh, last night we had Wilson Chandler from the Nets. Wilson Chandler said he's going to opt out for family reasons. No beef. Cool, bro. I don't got nothing to say. You know, your family comes first because I know mine's do. All right. And Avery Bradley is out. Mm, mm. Big blow for the Lakers. And he's citing the same reasons, man. He, his, his son, I believe, has some underlying issues. Yeah. And um, he's just not taking a chance putting his son or his family in any danger, and he's going to be staying home. I have It hurts me that he's not going to be there because the last time we saw Bradley, he gave us 24 against the Clippers, and he was playing lights-out defense on mm. their guards. Lou Williams was non-existent due to Avery Bradley. So it's going to hurt not to have him, but we at the sports says understand, bro, and I ain't got nothing to say about that, bro. You got to take care yeah, of your take family, Take care of your family, man. So with that being said, we've had Tyler Johnson uh, be signed. He's going to be going out there, you know, uh, playing basketball once again. Uh, the Nets signed some kid. Uh, I don't even know his name. I'm not disrespecting you, sir, but congratulations on being signed to the Nets. And then late this afternoon, I haven't got the official, uh, <laughs> the official alert yet, but it seems that it is official. Shams uh, from Yahoo has already reported it that. The illustrious, dependable, wayward, stumbling, wild man, J.R. Smith, is going to be a Los Angeles Laker headed down to the bubble reuniting with LeBron James. So, Black, what are your thoughts about losing Avery Bradley but gaining J.R. Smith? Man, hey, bro, um, you listening to the sports desk. It really sucks that we're going to lose. A.V. Bradley, man, because you could tell the team was in a direction where it looked like A.V. Bradley was come, becoming that heart and soul of the defense, leading, leading that. I know they say that Anthony Davis was the one pushing defense, but A.V. Bradley was the one really showing it. And we've seen it in that Clippers game. And that and Bucks game. You know, and the Bucks game. Yeah. So it's going to be hard losing him, especially against the Clippers. Where they are, you already have to deal with Pat Bev. Kawhi, Paul George, you know, and um, signing J.R. Smith, man, he's a champion. Yes, he is. We know when he can, when he gets hot, he can he can shoot the ball very well. We've seen that. We've seen it. Uh, 
Defensively, I really don't know. He can cause a couple of headaches here and there. <sighs> I, I'm cool with JR uh, signing because we needed somebody, you know. Um, we'll see. We'll see, D. We'll see what Sounds happens with like JR. you're a little lukewarm on JR joining the I team. I am because I really... I really think that we need another defensive person and a defensive person. And I pray that Deion Waiters could be that for us. If he's, uh, when, when it restarts, when it starts. For defensive purposes? For defensive purposes. No way. Purposes. I, 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 I hope so. JR way better defender than Deion Waiters. You think so? Yeah, Deion Waiters going to give us like that 12, that 10 to 12 that we need off the bench scoring wise. You think so? Yeah. So you think really, JR really, we signed him for defensive person more than anything. JR can defend, bro. He could defend that two-guard spot. The yeah. one thing he did very well in Cleveland, because Kyrie wasn't defending nobody. Oh, he wasn't. So anybody at the guard spot, J.R. was taking him, man. He was doing a pretty good job. Yeah. Until he ran into Curry and them boys. But, you know, he did a good job defensively. So I'm definitely taking J.R. defensively over Dion. Yeah. And, you know, him keeping a cool head and everything. He will. Because Pat, mother, well, like Pat Bell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mother, well, yeah, like Pat, Pat Bell. Bell. Yeah. Can yeah. cause a little problem. But. You know, I'm I'm uh no disrespect, like you said, man. You gotta take care of your family, Avery Bradley. But Facts. um we're gonna see D. You know, I think I know the I know the king gonna have these boys ready to rock and roll regardless. Yo. You know what I'm saying? So him, Anthony Davis, they gonna do their thing, man. Yo. So uh I'm not I'm I'm kinda I'm kinda up in the air about JR, but I know what JR brings to the table. He's a champion. He can shoot and everything. So uh, I'm excited to see what it looks like when we get in the bubble. I'm excited to have JR. I'm happy. <laughs> I ain't want nobody else after Avery Bradley went down. The first thing that popped in my head was J.R. Smith. <laughs> I'm happy to have him. I had to calm my boy Steph Love down earlier today because he was like, man, I don't know, man. We might want to go get Mike Miller or something like that. Because I say, nah, bro, we're not calling Mike Miller. He need to stay in Memphis and coach with Penny Hardaway down there. I'm good with JR. Like I said, man, JR can defend. He's a scrappy defender. He can move very well on his feet, man. And he can get in your hip pocket, man, as a defender with those two guards and some point guards as well. And like you said, Black, if JR get hot, he's not missing. We seen at the start of the third quarter of game seven of the 2016 NBA Finals, the 3-1 series, as I like to call it, who gave us our first nine points? J.R. Smith. Swish, swish, <laughs> swish. So I like it. Do I think J.R. is going to come in and give us 20? No, I don't think so. But I think he's going to come in and play some real good defense. He's going to have some opportunities to hit some threes and get some open shots and get to the lane and get to the free throw line. You know, J.R. is a talented scorer, and he's not what he used to be. But I'm happy that we have Jr. So you do you think the combination of him and Deion Wade is going to work at that two position? Yeah, yeah. Because look, Avery Bradley wanted to guarantee that he was going to give us 24 ever again. Yeah, you know, but he was playing really well. And if I can, if Deion Wade can give me 10 to 12 off the bench, and Jr. can come in and play solid defense, I'm cool with that. Okay, I like that for the Lakers, man. So we lost a lot of Avery Bradley because you know the chemistry. But I like JR. I like Deion Wade. So like you said, man, I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah. All right, Black. We got a list out there, man. I got a list, man. The top 10 players who are under the most pressure, the most pressure amongst this restart of the NBA. Now, shout out to Colin Cowherd. He uh, shot this list out, man. I thought it was very interesting. So, Black, real quick, I'm going to call these 10 names, and I want you to give me the two players, the two players who are under the most pressure. And number 10, he got Ben Simmons, nine, Kimball Walker, Eight, LeBron James. Seven, Joel Embiid. Six, Giannis Antetokounmpo. 
five, Paul George, four, Russell Westbrook, three, James Harden, two, Anthony Davis, and one was Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton. So, Black, what two players out of this group have the most pressure on them to perform and do well for their team with the restart of this bubble? Two. Um, I really thought about this when you sent this to me when we was preparing for the show. Uh-huh. And um, I really thought about this. I'm going to, D, me personally, I'm going to go Anthony Davis mm-hmm. and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Okay. Reason why I'm saying Anthony Davis because basically you came to LA to play with the King mm-hmm. and showed that you are you a top three playing uh in the rural. Mm-hmm. You know, and you come, you came and played with the number one player in the rural. We know uh LeBron James is solidified oh, in my yeah. eyes. Yeah, he yeah. solidified everything else he gets from here on. In your eyes and everybody's yeah. eyes. And everything he gets from here is just bonus. Yeah. You know, it's just icing on a cake. Facts. So, uh, you got to show that you can be that piece to finally get over the hump and get a ring. Yeah. Same thing with Giannis. Giannis, we seen you be all rural. Mm-hmm. We see you out there with Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know you want to be recognized in the same mission as, you know, staying with the same team and winning a championship in Milwaukee. Just how Kobe did it in L.A. Mm-hmm. by himself. Mm-hmm. So, this is the times where we need to see that. All right. This is the year you can't get bounced by Toronto. Mm-hmm. You can't lose to Boston. Mm-hmm. This is the year where you have to get to an NBA Finals mm-hmm. and potentially win an NBA Finals. But we know that you're not going to live up to your hype because hopefully you will be playing against the Los Angeles Lakers and that won't come. That dream of you winning the championship will not be reached. So I'm going to say Anthony Davis and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Okay. <laughs> well done, Black. Uh, I'm going to go... Now, number two player is Paul George. Mm. I believe Paul George has a lot of pressure. Look, he's had opportunities, man. Okay. He's had opportunities. He's played with other great players. He's played with other former MVPs. Yeah. He's had his spots. And I think if the LA Clippers are going to be champions, it's not going to be because of Kawhi. Because we know Kawhi going to come to play. Mm-hmm. He's durable. He's going to show up. What is Paul George going to give us? I ain't talking about scoring 30 points in the first three quarters and then going ice cold silent in the fourth quarter. He's supposed to be the most talented offensive scorer next to Lou Williams on this, on this Clippers team. He's a better scorer uh, uh, than Kawhi Leonard. Like, talent-wise, he can do everything. Mm-hmm. So I think he has a lot of pressure on him. And if the Clippers don't win a title, I think it's going to be because of Paul George. And my number one player, I'm going to go with you. I, I, I kind of went back and forth with Chris Middleton and Anthony Davis, but I'm going to stick with Anthony Davis. The reason I'm going to give you a pass today, Chris Middleton, I'll address you later on, address you later on, because Anthony Davis, when LeBron James retires, will be the best player in basketball. <laughs> he will be the number one consensus best basketball player in the world when LeBron James steps away. Not Giannis, because you want to know why? The talent that we see from Anthony Davis. He's literally unstoppable, and he's been playing his tail off defensively this year. Rebounding and blocking shots, great year. But look, I'm glad, I was glad to see Anthony Davis play the way he did in that last Clippers game. It wasn't a playoff game. It was a playoff atmosphere. Yes, it was. And he brought it. He brought it. Yes, he did. Clutch free throws late, <laughs> blocking shots, hitting jump. Like, he was really on in that fourth quarter. And Braun needed that because Braun was on the whole way. Mm-hmm. Braun was unstoppable. But if the Lakers are going to win the title, if we are definitely going to host that Larry O'Brien trophy, it's going to be because Anthony Davis 
did his thing. Mm-hmm. Cause we know the king <laughs> is gonna do his. We need Anthony Davis to do his. Yeah. All right. So we might revisit this list later on because we didn't get a lot of time to really touch on it. But these are the top 10 players who uh, have the most pressure on them going into the playoffs. All right, Black, real quick. So this, well, in July, coming up, a couple days, will be the 10-year anniversary of the decision. The decision. Well, LeBron James was in the Boys and Girls Club in Cleveland, and he looked at Jim Gray and said, I am taking my talents to South Beach. And left the Cleveland Clavs go to the Miami Heat. So, Black, real fast, what do you remember about that night? And what was your feelings when LeBron left Cleveland to join D-Wade and Chris Bosh in Miami? Man, I was excited, man. Uh I was excited for the King, man. Anything the King has done, I've been excited about it. (laughs) I'm just a fan. You know, him go team up with his his right hand. Well, now I won't say he's one of his best friends. Yeah. You know, in D Wade, and then you know with Chris Bosh in Miami, it was lovely to me because you know it wasn't working in Cleveland. There was a lot going on in Cleveland. Not a lot of positive, a lot of bad. He lost to the Orlando Magic in the playoffs. For Christ's sake, to Tito, Hito, Turkoglu, Dwight Howard, and Jamil Nelson. <laughs> With Skip to my Lewis the bike up point guard. <laughs> so Trouble I was exci- I was I was ecstatic when he said he was taking his talents to South Beach yeah. to join the Miami Heat. And this this was planned from the beginning. Once you watched the decision, it was planned. These guys planned it. Mm-hmm. You know to to team up together. So that's why everybody took shorter deals. They second deal. Uh, second stint with their first teams, in which D Wade did with Miami, Chris Bosh did with Toronto, and LeBron James did with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Mm-hmm. So they could have the opportunity to team up together. But man, yeah, I was ecstatic. Uh, I I remember being out watching that uh decision happen. I remember being out, and everybody was was upset. Yeah, that he left Cleveland. It was a lot more people upset than they were happy for LeBron, yep. but I was ecstatic because mm-hmm. I was ready for the King to get in an environment where he can win a championship. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you call it a, the big three teaming up for the first time, call it what you want. Which it wasn't because the Celtics did it first, but go ahead. But I was ecstatic. The, uh, uh, I'm, I'm happy in the way that they did it, uh, bringing back uh, charity to the Boys and Girls Club. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was an amazing thing to watch. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Black, if you don't mind, I'm just going to go on a little rant here. Okay. All right. (laughs) All right. So 10 years ago when the decision happened, I was also over the river and through the moon that LeBron James had decided to leave the god-awful infested biodegradable franchise that was known as the Cleveland Cavaliers. He put in his time. He fulfilled his contract uh, obligations, and he was a free agent, so he had the choice to leave. He he was tired of playing with Booby Gibson. He was tired of playing with Delonte West, Anderson Varishow, and my God, Adrunis Zergaskris. Antoine Jameson, just name him. Name him. Those are the guys who LeBron had to play with. What did y'all want this man to do? So when the opportunity came for him to take control of his own destiny and link up with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh and go down to, welcome to Miami. 
He did that. And he should have. And thank God that he did. Second part of my rant. All of you imbeciles out there who are saying, oh, they teamed up, the, the, the big three, the big three. Shut up. Because none of y'all weren't saying that on draft night when Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and Ray Allen hooked up in Boston. Nobody had nothing to say when they beat the Lakers four games to two and won the championship that same year. No one was saying that. Y'all were saying, oh, man, it's great to see guys like Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen and Paul Pierce, veterans of the league, get together and win their first championship. But when LeBron went to South Beach to join Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, y'all hate it. Y'all burn his jersey in the grass. Y'all spit on, his, spit on his name, called him a quitter, called him a sellout, saying he bailed. Shut up. He did what he needed to do for his career. And oh yeah, Dwayne Wade was the best player for the Miami Heat until LeBron James got there. I'm talking about as soon as the ink the ink wasn't even dry yet, and LeBron was the best player in Miami. Stop it. <laughs> so I'm glad that the decision went the way it went. LeBron got two rings out of four years down in South Beach. Great accomplishment. Wish he would have got three, but he got two cool beans. But let's stop and really think, what would you do if you had an opportunity to do so? You would do exactly what LeBron James did and go play for Pat Riley. Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh and take a check and say Delonte West, Booby Gibson, Edrunis Dragowskis, Anderson Varishow, peace season. Y'all boys keep warm in Cleveland because it's hot in Miami. <laughs> so, great move by LeBron James and stop with the chatter. That he's the, he went down there and made a super team. No, 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 no. The team that was beating LeBron was a super team in Boston. The first three-headed monster that we've really seen in our era of basketball. Talk that same talk and had that same energy when addressing LeBron James going down to South Beach. And I'm so glad that he did it. And because of that, because of that, LeBron James is the greatest of all time like you heard from the sports disc just over a month ago. All right, so yeah. So, by the way, the decision. They had a nice little piece on ESPN. Y'all should go check that out. It's an hour long. It has some great nuggets in there. Some things you may not have known. Some stuff you may have known. Y'all should go check it out, man. I love the part when LeBron was like, I really didn't know if I was really, really going to go to Miami until I got on that stage. He said he tossed and he turned and he tossed and he turned for weeks. Even Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh didn't know what he was going to pack. No one knew what he was going to do except one person or two people or three people. Matt, well, Gloria James, the angel who delivered LeBron Raymond James on December 9th or something like that back in 1985. God bless you, Gloria. His lovely wife, Savannah James, knew. And Maverick Carter knew. His right hand knew what he was going to do. So, check that out. The decision. You can catch it on On Demand on ESPN. It's a great watch. It's only an hour long. Y'all should go check that out. All right, Black. One last thing before we get out of here, man. We got to pay some more respects, Black. We got to pay some respects, man. Black, do you know what that is? Yeah, man. Black, I don't know if we're going to hear that again, man. 
You want to know why we might not ever hear that again, man? The dead man, the undertaker, has retired. And black, when I tell you that this is one of the saddest moments of our lifetime, I'm all black is getting emotional over here, man. Before we talk about the undertaker and pay our respects, man, um, let's play this right here. So, man, I know a lot of you guys have, all of our big-time wrestling fans, you guys have been watching The Last Ride on The Undertaker five-part series documentary on the WWE Network. And um, on the final episode, probably about 20 minutes left in the episode, The Undertaker revealed that he wrestled his last match against AJ Styles uh, back at WrestleMania this past year in the Boneyard match, which was a beautiful send-off. For the Undertaker, and uh, before me and Black, you know, tip our cap to the dead man and, and, and give our respects to his career. We're going to play a little clip from our wrestling correspondent PJ Durrell uh, as he talks about his thoughts on the great career of the Undertaker. PJ, talk to us. What's up, everybody? This is your wrestling correspondent PJ Durrell. Um, just trying to. Uh, give my thoughts on the Undertaker and his career and his impact on the 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 business. Um, and it honestly is hard for me to pick where I want to start at because it's you know you have thirty years worth worth of a, a unique career. And it's it's so much that um, it's so much to touch on. But, you know, I will say that, you know, I enjoyed the last ride documentary, um, just seeing Undertaker um, being uh, just seeing WWE um, kind of humanize the Undertaker and. Uh, the Undertaker allowing us to uh, look at his life uh, behind the character and just allowing people to see Mark Calloway. Um, you know, I just enjoyed, you know, just seeing um, his struggles of like just trying to go out with, you know, the best match he could have possible. And, you know, I, you know, I, I noticed that, you know, a lot of wrestlers have, uh, have, you know, an issue with, um, you know, j just going out, you know, the, the, the best way possible. And it's, it's only a few that have. And, um, all right. Yeah. So that was our guy, PJ, man. He was a little emotional, 
trying to get his thoughts together for the Undertaker. We'll have PJ in the studio probably next episode, man, uh, to let him give another give another shot or breaking down his emotional uh, send off to the Undertaker. So Black, let's go ahead, man. It's uh, it's your go, man. Talk to me about the Undertaker, man. Wrap up his career uh, the best way you can. We got thirty years of just memories of the dead man. Talk to me, Black. Man, this is really tough for me, D. Man, um, this man, the Undertaker, is the reason I start watching wrestling. You know, his character scared me at night, gave me chills, <laughs> had nightmares about the Undertaker. Yeah. Oh man, everything from music, from the from uh his intro and the walk down to the ring, everything about it, man, was just I was amazed about uh by it. And just his character, man, in itself, man, from being a little kid to being an adult man now, even to this day, to see him wrestle 30 years later and just still have those same feelings as I was when I was a child about The Undertaker. Man, uh, and, and to get this behind-the-scenes footage of Undertaker, uh, Mark, Mr. Mark Calloway, it was amazing to watch because coming up, you always knew, I always felt like, oh, the Undertaker is just this guy. He, this how he is behind the scenes, the way he is in the ring. But no, it's not like that. Nope. He's an ordinary, he's an ordinary country guy from Texas. Yes, he is. <laughs> he likes to fish. Yep. And he likes to play with his kids. Yep. And spend time with his beautiful wife. Yep. Family man. He's a family guy, just like me and you. Yep. You know, and, 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 you know, being able to get that access to put everything in perspective of The Undertaker's career, man, really helped me even have a higher, a more respect for The Undertaker through his 30 years of, uh, of wrestling, man. And um, all the ups and downs he went through, everything was amazing to see. You know, just being a fan from all the different matches from, you know, from him winning championships, from the record at WrestleMania going undefeated to it being broken. I was so disgusted when he when they <laughs> broke the record. I was so disgusted. They let Brock Lesnar break the street D. Why? To this day I still don't understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the takers should have stayed undefeated in WrestleMania's. Mm-hmm. But they didn't. Nope. Nope. But what a way to make up for the for the last ride against one of the top performers in WWE now. Mm-hmm. Hands bar none mm-hmm. down. You and I could see why. Mm-hmm. AJ Styles. Shout out to AJ Styles yep. for wanting to be that guy. Mm-hmm. He was the right person. At the right time mm-hmm. for the last match. Yep. And they sent, he sent Undertaker off with a bang. Yes, he did. Undertaker, I could get into so much, but I want to say you truly going to be missed. Yep. You are my favorite wrestler all time over anyone. And you will always be that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to miss you. Enjoy your ride. Yep. And until your next, whatever you're going to be doing, enjoy it. You've paid your dues three times, four times over. Mm-hmm. Mark Calloway, aka The Undertaker, you will be missed mm-hmm. by Black. <laughs> you will be missed. 
Yes, sir. So shout out to you. Much respect, Undertaker. Back. Enjoy your time away from the ring. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. Beautifully said, Black man. Undertaker is a legend. He's an icon. I think he's one of the greatest entertainers in any avenue. Any avenue, whether it's sports, movies, music, uh, a play, it doesn't matter. Undertaker is one of the greatest entertainers ever. My first time setting eyes on Undertaker was back in 1990. I mean, my dad ordered the Survivor Series, Survivor Series pay-per-view. And Hulk Hogan was world champion. And they had this whole thing of bringing in the Undertaker, man, as this, un- this unstoppable, destructible character with the gray sleeves on his hands and his legs, the all black with the cutoff shirt, with the fluffy red hair, the crazy organ music that you heard us play. But it was the old school one with the long trench coat. And, and the kids were in the stands crying. Kids were in the stands in fear, you know what I'm saying, of the Undertaker coming down because they thought Hulkamania was dying. Hulkamania was dead. You know, it, what was going to happen? And sure enough, man, the Undertaker became one of the youngest WWF champions when he tombstone Hulk Hogan on a steel chair with an assist from Ric Flair and became the WWF champion, man. That was my first engraved moment of The Undertaker. But if I can wrap up his 30-year career, man, he gave me probably 80% of the most memorable moments since I've been a wrestling fan. 80%, and that's saying a lot. The Hell in a Cell matches against Shawn, Shawn Michaels, and Mankind, um, um, the, the rivalry with Kane, the casket matches, the Bear the Lie matches, the, the gory music, the Ministry of Darkness, um, um, when he was the American badass. You know, he turned into that character for those few years when we was in the Attitude Era. Like, he was just flawless, man. And I appreciate the documentary of The Last Ride. It's too bad that we're not going to be able to see it whenever we want forever because the WWE Network is going to pull it at some point in time. It won't be available uh, down the line. So if you can go watch it and get a great history lesson on The Undertaker, go do so. But I'm glad The Undertaker was able to go out in the way that he did against AJ Styles in that beautiful Boneyard match. It was perfect. And I was telling Black a few days ago when we was talking, I said, Black was like, no, man, he got to do one more match. And I told Black, I said, hey, do you want to see The Undertaker beat down? Do you want to see The Undertaker old and out of shape and not looking like he can finish the match like we had seen him the year before when he fought uh, Roman Reigns at WrestleMania? That was a bad look. Undertaker didn't look good when he was on those pay-per-views facing Goldberg. When him and Kane teamed up to face Shawn Michaels and Triple H, he didn't look good. But we got a chance to get all of the elements of the Undertaker one last time in the Boneyard match against the phenomenal AJ Styles. And that that's the last time I ever see him. I'm glad that that was the way that I saw him go out. So Undertaker, you're one of the greatest ever. Top five in my book. Respect to you. You made us uh, uh, glorify wrestling. You assisted in us uh, still believing in wrestling to this day. (laughs) You're one of the reasons why we still tune in and check out what's going on. So salute to you, Undertaker. Enjoy your retirement. Be with your fam. And forever rest in peace. Black having a hard time.
black is having a hard time. <laughs> All right, man. So we running we running along here on the sports as normally than we used to, but we're gonna get into some other news and then we are going to get out of here, man. Just a great, great career, man, the Undertaker had, man. It's just crazy that he's calling it quits, man. That's it, Black. Undertaker says he is done, man. We've said it enough, dude. Okay, my bad. We've said it enough. All right. So let's get into some other news, Black, and then we're going to get out of here. Shut up, Wayne. Vince Carter is calling it a career, Black. Officially, 22 years in the NBA, and Vince Carter is taking his ball and his sneakers, and he is going home. Real quick, Black, wrap up Vince Carter's career in a couple of words. Electrifying. Yes. Jump out the gym. Yes. And the all-pro pro your pro yep the the man who does everything correctly yep. does it the right way yep. comes to work yep. and does his job yep. the best of his abilities yep um you will be miss Vince Carter you gave us some great great moments yep sad that you were never able to lift that Larry O'Brien trophy but it's cool yep. you gave us enough memories and things to always look back on and say, man, we got some great moments from Vince Carter. Yep. You're very appreciated. You will be missed. Shout out to Vince Carter on his retirement and the last ride in the NBA for him. Yes, sir. Uh, Echo Black Sentiments, electric, box office, uh, exciting, um, jump out the gym, uh, athletic, um, just a guaranteed moment. You know that you're going to get something from Vince Carter with that athleticism, man. A pro, a, a real pro, uh, did the, did everything the right way in the NBA. You never seen Vince Carter in no crap, man. And he did it for 22 years, well respected. Salute to you, Vince Carter. One of the favorite highlight reels ever uh, for the NBA and in our hearts, man. So, career well done. Enjoy your retirement, man. You deserve it. All right, Black. This past weekend at UFC Fight Night, man, we got us a classic. We got Dustin the Diamond Poirier and Dan Hooker in an all-out war, Black. Dustin Poirier took the decision, uh, the five-round decision, man, in a hard-fought battle, man. In my opinion, it's up there uh, with the fight of the year candidates, man. What'd you think about that fight, Black? Hooker man, amazing, man, amazing. Yeah. Um, I'm Richard D. Uh, fight of the year candidate is right up there, one or two. You know, it was amazing to watch. Uh, unanimous decision I don't agree with. I think it should have been a split decision because Dan Hooker, he brung it. Yes, he did. You know, but, man, exciting fight, man, from one to five. Uh, there's nothing disappointed about that matchup. Yes, sir. Great fight. All right, so let's go ahead and get it rolling. All right, so Charlotte Flair, my favorite wrestler right now, along with The Fiend. She's hurt, Black. Oh. She's hurt. She had to have surgery and a torn rotator cuff on the shoulder, and she is out indefinitely. Charlotte no. Flair is out. Um, so we'll see what happens, man. And somebody's going to get an opportunity, you know, with Charlotte Flair being out. So she is out uh, after tearing her rotator cuff. The New York Knicks, the god-awful establishment that are the New York Knicks, are set to interview Jason Kidd. Set to interview Jason Kidd to bring him in as their next head coach. I like that. They also hire Worldwide West as an advisor. If you don't know who Worldwide West is, look him up. That's one of the best moves the New York Knicks have ever done. Trust me. Look up Worldwide West, and I hope they get Jason Kidd in New York. I think that would be the start of the turning for the Knicks. Uh, Antonio Brown to the Seahawks back. 
It's picking up steam. Pete Carroll was on a radio show talking about the star-studded troubled wide receiver. And the Seahawks may be interested. Russell Wilson has went on a Twitter and said, bring ABN. We would love to have him. Okay. Uh, we got John Jones. John Jones has came out. He's in an all-out war. Um uh, with the uh, UFC about his contract uh, He wants a new deal He wants more money He said he is prepared to sit out years Relinquish the title and not fight Until the UFC gives him what he is owed So we'll watch that closely Alright, so the NBA will allow players As Freddie Brick said earlier in the show To wear uh, social justice names on their back uh, names of the victims um, that have been taken away from us due to uh, racial insensitivity and racial uh, troubles uh, in this world, man. Uh, the NBA is stepping up and allowing players to do that on the back of their jersey. And just in, not too long ago, there will be a Black Lives Matter logo on the court. Okay. okay. On the court, in the bubble in Orlando. I love that. That yeah. is huge. That's huge. Because if you're going to watch the NBA... You're going to see that and be constantly reminded of what's going yes. on in this world. And want to send out a chef, uh, happy, uh, special happy birthday uh, to the claw. <laughs> Kawhi Leonard turned 29 years of age today. Um, I hate it because he's a clipper, but we do respect Kawhi Leonard and the things he's done in the NBA. Go Lakers. All right, and last but not least, Black, before we get out of here, I got something special for you, Black. I know you probably ain't seen this. I know you probably ain't heard this, Black. But Kevin Garnett has a documentary getting ready to come out this fall on Showtime, highlighting his journey from high school to the NBA. And I want to play this clip. And again, if your kids are around, tell them to go to the other room, put your headphones on. If you're at work, turn it down a little bit because KG is about to keep it raw. So last clip, and then we're going to get out of here. Let's go down to the table where they got the really nice gym. We get in there. Mike Jordan in there. Sky Pippen was in there. I'm like, and all of a sudden, hey, you, come here. I was like, me? And I was like, yo, throw my shoes, yo, throw my shoes. And then Jordan was like, let's go. So we, we, we go. And I was like, and I launched my shit. Boom! And I hear somebody go, I see him, Lord, okay, I see him. And it was Isaiah Thomas. Boy, you can play in the league right now. And when he said that, dog, the world stopped. Then we got a workout. Coming to workout, I heard Pat Riley like, come on, what the fuck is this? Got me watching a high school guy. You don't know why you're here? Boom! Boom! Ah! Motherfucker! Fuck you mean! Why you ain't here? Nice workout, young fella. Nice workout. Yeah, man. So that's a small clip from Kevin Garnett's documentary that will be airing on Showtime this fall. So if you know KG, you know what he was. He was a colorful, vibrant player, and he didn't mix words. You knew what he meant, and you know how he felt. <laughs> so I love that little insert story when he literally cussed out Pat Riley as a high school kid at an NBA <laughs> workout. I just, like, that blows my mind. Yeah, Pat Riley's in the building. He's talking trash about coming to see KG. KG blows out the workout and cusses out Pat Riley at the end of the workout. When that comes out, I'm there. Yes, yes. I'm locked and loaded on that. Absolutely, Because that's must-see TV right must there. Must-see TV. 
All right, man. So this has been episode 65 of the Sports Desk. We had a loaded show. Man, Black enjoyed this one, man. Had a lot of information that we gave out, man. We hope you guys enjoyed it as well. So y'all hit us up. Contact us. Talk to us. Shoot us your information, man. Oh, and by the way, man, appreciate all the love on the sneaker show that I put out. Uh, I can't. I don't forgot the name of my own show. It's a, uh, a sneakers show and tell, a sneakers conversation on YouTube and Instagram TV. Appreciate the love. You're going to get a lot more episodes coming soon, so I just want to mention that as well. My name is Dedrick L. Hicks Jr. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at the same handle. And y'all check us out on Reduce Lunch Sports on Instagram as well. Black, where can they find you? Y'all can hit me on Instagram and Twitter at BlackENL3. Man, y'all hit me up. Let's talk about it. Yes, sir. So this has been a great episode. This has been episode 65 of the Sports Desk. Y'all stay safe. Wash your hands. Wear your mask. Social distance. If you want an NFL season, if you want a college football season, hell, if you want the NBA season, wear your mask, wash your hands, be easy, be safe. This sports desk.